song brings back some serious hair metal memories for yours truly 1989 babylon ad the kid goes wild i remember that album very fondly i bought it in 1989 but it didn't hit till 1990 and that particular song is what really brought it to gold status because it was on the subject matter of today's episode which is robocop it was the theme and the video the mtv smash hit video on 1990 summer of uh, 1990 of uh, RoboCop 2, but we're going to talk about RoboCop 1, 2, 3, the remake, and all things RoboCop in between. But first, some introductions. I am one of your esteemed hosts, Kev Castle, and along with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Baseball Chicky, but just call her Chicky. What's up? I'm going to sing the theme. (laughs) Hey, what's up? Oh my god. This is god. my jam, Robocop. I, I, I am know, so I excited. Know. I know. I knew you'd be excited <laughs> for this one. I was excited to uh, go back in the day with some of the old bands I used to be into. Some of the music. Uh, back, back then. It's true. I got that album in, uh, what was it, like September, October 89. And it was, it was, my, yeah, it was, I got it on cassette. <laughs> and it was, and then I got the uh, disc in uh, 1990. I have a lot of doubles from back in the day. I buy the cassette and then I buy the disc, uh, the um, CD. Because uh, CDs were kind of new. They were in fashion in the late 80s, but into the early 90s, everything was transferring over to disc. Uh, but I was still buying albums at that point, too. Like, Do you, you know, remember, remember The Wiz? Is that where you got yeah. yourself? That's no. I got uh, oh, yeah. uh, no, I think I, where did I go to? Uh, yeah, well, I went to The Wiz on occasion, but uh, Tower Records was uh, uh, Tower okay. Records in the city because I was yes. working in the city back in the day. And I remember uh, I used to get every freaking album that came out back then. Uh, you name it, not just the big bands like the hair metal bands like Cinderella and uh, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard and stuff. But I got bands like Babylon AD, Sleaze <laughs> Bees, Child's Play, uh, McQueen Slade? Street. How about Slade? Uh, no, I never got Slade. Never got Slade. <laughs> sweet F.A., Sweet Sweet F.A., uh, Bullet Boys. I mean, I got everything. I, you couldn't have been more into it uh, than I was then. Um, but yeah, Babylon AD. 
Uh, I got I got a bunch of them. I got most of my stuff on discs. I don't really have the cassettes yeah. anymore. The cassettes. No, are I don't cool. have any of my cassettes. They probably got lost in the move when I made to Queens in 2007. I just left a lot of stuff behind, or honestly, I junked a lot of stuff, not knowing how know. retro was going to come back in a big way. And I tell you what, Carol, if I had everything that I got rid of when I made that move from Brooklyn to Queens in 07, I'd be sitting pretty right now. Even, yeah, you'd uh, be like a millionaire. COVID. I know, ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, oh, no one's, a, who's ever going to want this? And now everyone well, yeah, wants Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like eight tracks, you know, like nobody thinks. Yeah. You know, I mean, nowadays stuff, I, I, I'm obviously, I'm a, I'm a big gamer and I play Nintendo and, and Atari. Like Atari was my main thing. I've looked up video games that I had for Nintendo. I mean, I still have some of my other ones, but there was one video game I looked up. This thing is ridiculously expensive and hard to find. It's like 500 bucks. It's ridiculous. I'm like, who? Like, oh my God. And we thought 80 bucks was expensive back then, but now oh it's, my God. it's crazy. And people lose their minds for things. So like me, I'm like, I got to get it. You know? <laughs> well, on that, and, and we're going to, be talking about back in the day. Uh, we're going to talk in the here and the now for uh, for a few. Just uh, a little update on what's been going on in uh, Chicky and a Castle's week. world in the last in a week. How is your what is week? Good, what has gone on in the week? How was your week? Uh, my week was uneventful. Basically, my, my my week well, my week was planning the future because, as you know, uh, COVID. Uh, we're getting to the other side. We're almost there. We see the door is open ajar a little bit. Como opened it a little bit more today for us. It's still halfway open. It's not fully open um, because you saw the uh, the big announcement today. Uh, you saw the big announcement today, right? Karen? I did. You you told me actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed it. You, you I was on the phone with you. This is called setting you up for radio. Uh, <laughs> uh, setting you up for a podcast where you fake uh you you oh you, i totally you, heard about it you you feign interest i totally heard about and it and then uh you're like i think i heard something about that but why don't you elaborate a little bit more on that castle man i totally heard about it but i want you to tell the the, the listeners go ahead well, well um yeah <laughs> um let's get ready a big announcement. This was like this was like announcing uh, New York Mania, like WrestleMania. <laughs> Get ready for a major reopening of New York State this Wednesday, motherfuckers. I can't believe you wrote motherfuckers. Oh no, oh, I wrote that. No, he wrote um, this, this Wednesday. Major reopening of New York State. Uh, most these are the bullet points. Most capacity restrictions will be lifted. Tri-state restaurants, museums, retail offices. Outdoor food and beverage curfew lifted uh, today. Indoor food and beverage curfew lifted on May 31st. Outdoor gathering limit uh, already increased to 500. Indoor gathering limit increased to 250. Um, nice. Indoor residential yeah, that's, gathering that's limit. That's a lot. You can have 50 people in your home now. So if you are into a huge circle jerk, you can have a plethora of people in there handling things. Um, orgies are coming back. Orgies are coming yes. back, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be like. I will not be able to do next week's show. Got to go. No, it's going to be like Florida up in this bitch. Uh, 24-hour subway service uh, has returned. I so just pictured like 90-year-old people having orgies. Yeah, this is, oh, my God. People are going to be having sex like there's no tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But uh, <laughs> this is a big this is a big news. Listen, we expected this to be the case. I didn't expect it to be announced. I wasn't expecting it to be announced now. I thought it would be announced towards the, the latter part of the month. But I think what they, they're trying to do, uh, Carolyn, is get some uh, revenue into NYC for, uh, what is it, Memorial Weekend coming up. Yeah, right? probably, because everything's so, going to be. Right, don't you think it's strategically, they're, they're saying, well, wait a second, why should we wait till 4th of July? to? Well, I think with the warmer weekend? weather and their whole right, thing, right. you know, that people are getting vaccinated. and you know, Correct. They're, you know, doing the trust system, which, woo. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> makes me nervous. 
Now, the funny thing is, I never, some know, most know, uh, some don't. I've been in the nightclub business, as you know, uh, Carol, for many, many moons, many moons. Since I've known you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and we're still not quite sure on certain things when it comes to indoors for the clubs and certain rules and regulations. But it looks like uh, we're being told by certain people in the know uh, it's going to be back to normal by the end of summer for us. Like we're not going to have to worry about the mask and mandate and all this stuff and sicking people like dogs on people. Um, again, but one thing me and you did talk about, Carolyn, is on that subject, how are we kind of going to tell the shirts from the skins here, so to speak? Uh, exactly. everyone, could, everyone could just not wear a mask and exactly. say they were vaccinated. they were vaccinated. I mean, I run an honor system in I New know. York City, in, in America, an honor <laughs> system? You don't have well, an honor system in our government. Honor yesterday system. was the first day that I've actually eaten out since before covid because i'm like i mean i'm not a big going out to eat kind of person anyway but um right. like yesterday like i wasn't doing it until you know everything was cool and uh i still really wasn't very comfortable i went to a place it wasn't there was only i think two other people and mm -hmm. they had the doors open and they had very very minimal staff most of them had masks on the staff the bartender didn't um and I'm I'm vaccinated. I wore my mask until I ate, and I still hung it off one side ear, and I put it back. I eat slow, and I would put it back, and then I I kept it on. Like I don't know. I I'm still so uncomfortable with just I don't know. Just the, I, like that whole system. So I I don't know. I I mean, outdoors it's a little different. Maybe going to a baseball game, you know, a little different. But being inside, I just I don't know. I I, I mean, I, and I know for a fact the first people that are going to be taking off masks are the people who are vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, we laugh because again, <laughs> it deserves to be laughed at because again, what is it uh, the honor system really? And listen, there's a lot of good. We let's be honest. There's a lot of shitty people, but there's a lot of good people who want to do the right thing. Let's not, you know, there are. We know people who want to do the right thing. Uh, but there are, right, we think pessimistically because we're cynical New Yorkers, of course. But I think everyone probably think that way around the, around the, the country because, again, I, I can just imagine, uh, and I was telling you, Karen, I could see the scenario now. If people, like, say, go to a show in a club or whatever, mm -hmm. even if the capacity limits are hey, 100% again, but wear, we're asking you to wear a mask if you didn't get a vax. And if some maybe someone who's wearing, like you said yourself, who got a vax is still going to wear a mask mm -hmm. because just to be played safe. Are people going to be confrontational? Oh, you wearing a mask. Does that mean you didn't get a vax? You don't care about people? And then be, oh, no, Dick, I yeah, got a mask. Exactly. I just want to wear a mask. And fights ensue. It makes it very difficult for the, the club workers and the people in the restaurant. You know, waiters have to become referees. I could, I just, because people can't mind their own fucking business, first yeah. of all, as you know, Carolyn. And people almost are waiting to be confrontational because they're angry. And listen, well, people I'm pissed were... too. I'm pissed too about being cooped up for a year and a half. I haven't worked literally in 15 months and I'm not exactly. happy about it, but I'm happy to be getting to the other side of it. I held out. I, you know, I mean, me and you know each other personally. We're very good friends. You, you've been very supportive. Oh my God, we are. For me, yes, we are. Uh, you know, even after this show. Um, this and, this uh, one specifically. Exactly. And uh, you know, so we kind of know like how each other handled this, and you know, there was some rough patches and rough times. But again, you made it through. So I'm looking at the glass half full instead of half empty, like I was. But a lot of people. 
you're right, are looking for, they're, they're pissed off, they're angry, kind of like uh, uh, actor Ricky Schroeder did. Well, I was just going to mention that because we, people, people, yeah. are, people were fighting, you know, about wearing masks in stores. They're and and off. Yeah, you know, this was last year when COVID was, uh, you know, blowing up and you really mm. couldn't go anywhere you know, and whatnot. So, you know, people were mad about being locked in the house and you didn't want to wear a mask then. And now, you know, it's like, can you take them off? Can you not? Like, I'm, I'm still going to wear mine. I'm still going to wear mine out until I feel like it's safer. I mean, I, I you know, like I, I said earlier, I was in the city yesterday and uh, everybody had masks on. I didn't see one person without a mask out outside. So, right. and I was by NYU and I mean, I posted a picture of, uh, you know, the Ghostbusters I saw that, headquarters yeah, I saw that. and on Instagram, on Instagram and Twitter. You know, but I, I'm on Twitter and I see angry people. I, I, I don't know why, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, everybody's got a right to their opinion. I understand people don't want to get vaccinated. They don't know what's in it. Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. I get that. But to me, you know, I, I'm petrified of needles. I hate needles. But, you know, in the long run of it, I feel as if, especially if you have family, especially if you have older family, uh, unfortunately in the past month, a mm. uh, month and a half, I know people whose parents have gotten sick with COVID and have passed away. And they were older and they, you know, weren't in terrible, uh, you know, condition or they didn't have any illnesses or anything like that. Literally boom, boom, sick and died. But they're the most, but from day one, they were always the most vulnerable. You know, you exactly. Know? And, 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 you know, and you don't, came to fruition, if you, exactly. if you don't want to, you know, if you, it, it's more of looking out for other people, to me, it's more of that, right, like looking right. out for others. Like, that's, I mean, if you want to, you know, like I think Bill Burr said, if you want to kill your grandparents, Hey, listen, have fun. But like, to me, that's just, that's so selfish. Like just take care of everything, take care of the situation. But, but we understand. And again, and let's be clear because it is certainly not. And I could tell you, cause I know being obviously in the entertainment business, the club business, I know a lot of liberals and I know a lot of conservatives. I know more closet conservatives in the uh, music industry because it doesn't, uh, it, it's not advised uh, to um, air that, that you're uh, pro-conservative. And by the way, that's not pro-Trump. It's a conservative yeah, Republican not, thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I hate um, when people yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, exactly. The second it's, you say something, oh my God. It's ridiculous. You're a Democrat. You're, no, I'm not so, anything. But I, I have don't want to get sick and die. That's no, 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 no. But it's right, right. And the narrative is the Trump people don't want the vax bullshit. Half of my <laughs> liberal friend, half of my liberal friends are not getting it and has nothing to do with who they voted for. They don't trust the science and these are liberal people uh, some of my friends i mean so super liberal like i mean there, there's not even a, an ounce of conservatism in them but they don't trust the government yeah. telling you to get this injection that they think was fast tracked but in, in reality they were probably working on this for a while and a long time and they say well if they fast track this why can't they fast track other cures for other illnesses uh, you know, again, that's the, the million dollar question. Why haven't they cured cancer? Well, again, you know, if you can't, by the time you, you finish with that argument, we have another disease on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. and, I, and again, it, it, I understand the, the, the lack of faith in government. I have it myself. Uh, you know, a lot of people I know have it in my family. There's a lot of people who doubt, uh, you know, a lot of things, but you got to kind of use your head with this. Like you said, Carolyn, it's more about protection of other people. And you are looking out for your own family. Some people even say, why should I look out for no one's looking out for me? And I think that's the other thing, Carolyn. I think that people are feeling like, well, you know, people are, are, are putting this on them. It's not their fault. They didn't cause this. And it's true. Th this is nobody's fault. You know, I mean, you can't uh, blame, you know, this didn't start in America, but, you know, you can blame how some of the people handle this in, in government in America, whether you want to blame Trump, you want to blame individual governors who didn't react quick enough or did stupid moves. Listen, this was a whole 
whole new thing for everybody. You got to say this, exactly. that, that I hope we don't see this again in mine and well, at least in my lifetime in your lifetime as well, too. I mean, I got But you also have to you also have to see, understand that, you know, why did a vaccine come out so quick? Well, COVID literally shut down the world literally shut down the world where they had, nobody, to, they, they, know, they had to fast track exactly to, like yeah. there was no money no working you couldn't leave the house you know in that case i mean not saying cancer isn't worse or diabetes or any course, other disease course. absolutely yeah. but AIDS, exactly HIV, right? unfortunately you know we, they go where the money is and we need you know they needed to get back to a normal a quote unquote normal lifestyle and and just whatnot so you know because it because it affected them you know why because it affected the majority not the minority okay. and that that's really what it is and it's right no exactly what this wow this this affects everyone and once it affects everyone you know all bets are off and all systems yeah they're go. gonna solve that real quick and, right and you solve that real quick <laughs> people gotta understand that you can say well my poor aunt suffered or my poor with this disease or that disease how come they don't come up and cure uh, again, uh, you know, the, the, they they do pick and choose. You're right. Is it fair? Yeah. No. But Karen, is when has anybody ever said we learned this? When we were little kids. Is life ever going to be fair? No, no, it's not. It's not going to be. It's not. It's very unfortunate that some people uh, get victimized in these things. You just have to pray that it's not your because, you know, the same deal, Karen, as soon as it's someone close to you, your family, any of us, all yeah, of a sudden it's right. It affects you differently than you Absolutely. seeing, Oh, what a shame. What happened to those children across the world? But when it happened, Oh my God, in my neighborhood, my neighborhood, you know what I mean? So again, it's, uh, it's the, it's, it's typical. That's, that's the human condition though. Don't you think Alan, when it happens to you major, people, when it happens to someone else, it's minor, you know, people ask me all the time, why don't I drink anymore? How come you don't drink? How come you don't drink? How come you don't drink? Right. And I, nothing to do with anything as far as me having a drinking problem. It's like, because people automatically assume you're an, alcohol, you're like an alcoholic or something. No, I fortunately, my father was an alcoholic and drank basically almost his whole life. Ended up with cirrhosis of the liver in the worst case scenario. You know, ended up getting dementia and all that other stuff. And that's what he ended up passing away from. And for me... I don't preach this to anybody. I, if you want to drink, Hey, have fun. I tell my friends, just be a little more nowadays. I tell them just be a little more careful because when you witness, you know, your one close family member who you, you know, you grew up idolizing and, and my, basically my best friend just disappear, uh, like become this, this frail man who was right. in so much pain and to watch that it just alcohol just goes right out the window it's like oh not like i don't even you know and i i know right. people who love to drink and i just I'm like oh my god please take care of your livers everybody out there please take care well, of you your know livers. you you know you know the worst case scenario effects and and you also know and listen genetics do play a role and things are handed down to us and stuff it's the same thing with you with your dad you tried you know, you drank and, and you found it's better for you not to do that. And as you get older, obviously, yes. it, you know, you, you get into a different place in your mind and, and how you think about things. And same thing with my dad who smoked. All my brothers at one point, smoked, except for Mark and me, I think, are the only ones who never really tried it or did it. But uh, my other brothers did for a while and then they stopped. Um, and we saw the ill effects of, of, you know, the ultimate ill effects of smoking, yeah, which caused my father, my father, who was larger than life, and uh, not a huge guy. My father was like five nine, two thirty at his biggest, probably like his. But always a big bulky, like always a larger mm -hmm. than life guy. And he became this frail. Like I said, on his last mm -hmm. days, who is this man? Uh, yeah. And it's it's a sad thing. It is it's not really worth it because life goes by so fast. And it's true, uh, the the effects that it has. Because you know, you Carolyn could have had your dad here for another twenty years. Me exactly. maybe fifth. Met me maybe ten, fifteen years. My dad being realistic, with well, my father's age being seventy one at the time. 
Um, but I would, you know, and again, as we said, I'd give anything to get those 10 years and you, you would too. So again, you, you made a conscious decision, not drink. I made a conscious decision not to smoke. Uh, I don't drink either. I never, it just never, I never had the palate. Yeah. I never had the palate yeah. for drinking. So again, uh, it's, and I understand vices. You understand vices too. But, oh, I loved drinking. <laughs> well, yeah, you did love drinking, but you know what? This segues into, you know, positive fun stuff as we, we promised. Um, vices. We have downed the start. No, no, no. <laughs> of your, my, my vice, as you know, is more, and yours was too for a while, wrestling, baseball. Yes. Stuff like that. But a big vice for you is uh, 80s nostalgia and collectibles and uh, throwback stuff and and just uh, the whole real 1980s, I mean, which we're going to talk a lot about in future episodes. And we're going to get into the 90s and a lot of stuff from current times. Oh, yeah, I can talk about the 90s, too. I just like the 80s a lot more. (laughs) Right. But today, uh, one of your vices, this would be one of your vices. This is Uh, a vice. This franchise would be one of your vices. Uh, RoboCop, but allow me to give uh, the buildup to RoboCop, okay? And my okay. my professional. I want to hear it. <laughs> hey, ready? <laughs> I want to hear it. Robo. So just in case you don't know what RoboCop is, okay? Oh my Robo- God, is there someone out there who doesn't? There might, there, there, <laughs> there might, might be. be. There, there might be. be. There might be an 18 year old going, an what, alien what the fuck me. is RoboCop? <laughs> RoboCop is an American superhero cyberpunk media franchise featuring the futuristic adventures of Alex Murphy, a Detroit, Michigan police officer who's fatally wounded in the line of duty and transformed into a powerful cyborg brand RoboCop at the behest of a powerful mega corporation, Omni Consumer Products. Thus equipped, Murphy battles both violent crime and a severely decayed city. Detroit <laughs> and the <laughs> blatantly corrupt within the OCP. Uh, I, I, I peppered in Detroit, but it is Detroit. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, the, the just here's first and foremost, Kyle, you're an, a robo. There's probably no one who knows about <laughs> RoboCop who maybe if they worked on it, then you know. I said, me and Peter Weller could probably you and, go, you and go toe Peter to toe. And probably, and what was the creator, uh, Edward uh, uh, Numier? <laughs> yeah. Um, RoboCop being described, even when you look it up, as a, a cyberpunk. I know. Uh, I don't you, know why what, they. What does that mean to you? I don't I even mean, know why they consider it like a cyber. But nowadays they come up with these terms. I have no idea what anything means. <laughs> I don't. I mean, cyberpunk. I don't even think it's close to cyberpunk because it's not really. I mean, it's quote unquote. It's futuristic. It's it's, it's supposed to be based in 1997. This right. the the original one. Um, the remake is like I think 20 2078 or something. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, but uh, the original one is 1987, but it's supposed to be based in 1997. It, there's really no hugely futuristic things about it. There's no kind of uh, graphics or other than Robo's, you know, computer program. There's nothing else. I mean, he has a a, a, a regular kind of uh, gun that's just uh, modified. It's a Beretta. I think it's a Beretta. Um, and it, it's just modified. That's really the only thing different. And that he doesn't ever load it. I mean, he just shoots and shoots and shoots. And he never has to reload it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't even know why they explain it as a cyber. And I don't even consider it like a superhero movie. I don't. I mean, to me, he's not really a superhero. He's he's. I mean, is the Terminator a superhero? He's not a superhero. I would say the Terminator is probably more of a cyberpunk movie than RoboCop. Well, well, I would say RoboCop, maybe, you know, initially it wasn't meant to be a superhero, but with the sequels, the comic book, the video games, all the merchandise. Yeah, I guess with the comic book and it stuff. Beca- it became uh, a superhero-like character, and I guess that's the best thing to call it. The cyberpunk thing, I don't get either, uh, to be honest with you, but if you go in the listings and the description of yeah. it, in a, a lot of places they I've use the that. term American cyberpunk. 
you know, and when I think of that, I think of music. I don't think of movies. You know what I mean? Um, but let's talk about the first uh, the Ooh. first RoboCop. 1987, it was released. July 1987, right? Yes. Um, big hit. You know, um, you know, it, it, it didn't have the biggest. I mean, Jaw. Well, I think it was Jaw, the worst Jaws ever. Jaws, Jaws yeah. Four. I think was at the time. I think no. I, was it was it Jaws Four? I, I think I, it was Jaws Four. Yeah. Revenge or something. I yeah, thought, Jaws thought, the Revenge. Yeah, that would be Jaws Four. Yeah, that would be Jaws Four. Oh, uh, was it Four? Damn. Yeah, and that 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 was garbage. I mean, my <laughs> God, I would have walked out on that in an airplane. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, that was horrible. <laughs> Uh, but RoboCop was probably, I wouldn't say it was the savior movie of the summer. Those are some good movies that came out that summer. But as far as action goes, uh, you know, as comparison to Jaws, which was like a big buildup and, and was just garbage and got panned by all the critics. RoboCop uh, was kind of, maybe call it a sleeper. Uh, but it actually, it, obviously, it really uh, became part of pop culture because when you think of summer of 87, RoboCop is one of the first movies that comes to mind. Um, you know, as we said, it's supposed to be set in crime-ridden Detroit, Michigan. Perfect mm -hmm. place for RoboCop, by the way. Uh, <laughs> has Detroit changed much? No offense, that I was, love my friends in Detroit, but that was going bankrupt, and then did actually go bankrupt in real life. Like that's, that is later. true, right? Didn't yes. it? I mean, that's right. It did. Almost to the day they filed for bankruptcy. Um, I think it was like July 18th, like 2017 or something, or 20, wow, so something true? like that. Yeah, it was almost wow. to the day of the release of them. It was the day after. Wow. Yeah, that okay. they, they filed for bankruptcy. So, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's supposed to be, um, you know, set in in, uh, in Detroit. Uh, and again, that's uh, based upon the, the, the whole concept. The, the first movie kicks it off. It's a police officer. Again, his name's Alex Murphy, played by the great Peter Weller. Woo! Uh, you're a big fan of, right, Cal? Yes. <laughs> uh, who's, again, brutally murdered and recreated as a superhuman cyborg known as the RoboCop. Now, Cal, and I had said, we talked about, terminator vibes here a little bit but what about uh throwback uh to the six million dollar man you think a little bit taken from uh the steve austin bionic character a little bit in this movie uh yeah i would think it's a combo of of basically those kind yeah the, the those kind of that kind of those movies the scenarios right. and and you know without outright saying it i, I to me robocop is grittier um even compared to Terminator, uh, you know, Terminator is, like I said, a little more futuristic than RoboCop. Like that's true, one of the reasons why true. I liked RoboCop was that he was probably more realistic out of all of them to that point. You know, the, the way he was just he, he looked like a like a robot. I love yeah. that's what I love about it, that he looks like a robot. There's no you know CGI stuff. He's literally a man in, <laughs> in this mm -hmm. suit. Poor Peter Weller, who got yeah. tortured with that suit um that didn't even work the first time he tried it on which was two weeks into filming the movie they were already filming the movie when he finally got to put put the suit on it took almost 15 hours yeah you can give move. a little yeah a little bit tidbits that oh, yeah, you, know. you know from watching document because you've seen all the <laughs> i haven't seen, seen the documentary you've seen all yeah, the I've extras and blu-ray specials and yeah, stuff he, peter, peter well explained like peter well did have a hard time at first with this with yes this outfit, he right? had previously worked um doing mime for like six months before they even started filming uh with the thought that he was going to be able to move similar like almost like liquid metal like terminator 2 like the t-1000 like that's how he thought it was he was going to be able to sort of like snake around and that's how so he 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 did mime work literally for six months in new york city and um he was fitted for the suit for like eight months and all sort of stuff the suit still wasn't ready by the time they started filming. So he, they started doing uh, the, obviously the Alex Murphy scenes that they could do. 
And they did that for two weeks. The suit finally gets there. And it took like anywhere between I, between the documentaries and from what I've seen is always different times that some people say it was 10 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours to get the suit on. Right. And when he once he got the suit on, he couldn't move like he literally couldn't move really at all. And, you know, he was very frustrated. He almost quit and they shut down production. And for like two or three days, he brought in um the uh the the guy that he did the mime with i think his name was uh, moni yakum i'm pretty sure that was his name okay. and um they brought him in to sort of figure out stuff and he put the suit back on they made some cuts and and you know they cut out the elbows and the knees and the feet so he could move his joints and they just figured out that he was going to have to move different a different way and that's how he ended up becoming the the movements that he does which are very robotic i mean if you watch his movements in the movie like his head will move and then his body will turn or his body will turn and then his head will turn. It's really actually very fascinating to watch if you're paying yeah. attention or if you've seen it 80 million times like I have, <laughs> you know, but it's it's mind boggling to me. Like this is one thing why I, I'm very like not really a big fan of CGI because I mean, to take a person and, and to go through six months of training and all this other stuff and to learn all these things, you know, put them in a suit. It's a million dollar suit. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit. They have to make all these adjustments. And but to me, the end product product is worth it like to me robocop is totally worth it because when you cgi it, it would just be so it would just be so different so that's one thing i loved about it and it was very realistic like he he literally does look like a robot that can move around and and he had just perfect jawline i mean you know, like this was one of the reasons why he got the part he was tall and skinny yeah and um well he was in pretty good shape uh, he was like a marathon runner too and he had the great jawline, the great lips, who's my mother always, oh my God. My whole childhood, all I heard about was Peter Weller's lips. Really? Like, mom was yes. like, yes. My mother loved his lips. Oh my, good Lord. <laughs> yes. I can't tell you how many times I heard about Peter Weller's lips. Like, oh my God, over and over again. Peter and Weller's lips and iced tea. No joke. She really? she loves the rapper iced tea. She oh, loves okay. But yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> And ironically, when I got my tattoo, no joke, when I got my tattoo, I jokingly said to my tattoo artist, make sure he's got really great, like Peter Weller lips. And my tattoo artist did it. He's got great lips oh my <laughs> on <God>. my tattoo. <laughs> but the perfect touch. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, talking, uh, getting off the lips of Peter Weller and talking about the man himself. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, well, yes. let's, let's talk about the man himself. Uh, Peter Weller actually. Uh, will be uh, he's got a June birthday like 74. me. He'll be seventy. He's he'll be seventy four, in uh, on June twenty fourth. He was born in nineteen forty seven. So yeah, he's Pete's getting up there. He's getting up there now. The first time I saw Peter, they, Weller, he has the same birthday as um um what's her name? Um oh my god, Ann Lewis. <laughs> Why can't I think of her real name? Uh, first time I saw Peter Weller was in a movie called Firstborn in nineteen eighty four. Christopher Nancy Collette. Allen. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, Christopher Collette. Uh, he played this real scumbaggy drug dealer who moved in with uh, Christopher Collette's mom, uh, you know, uh, and uh, he was just like, uh, you know, and I, I was so I saw it in the movies. I was cheering for him to get his ass kicked because he was just such a slimy guy. He reminded me of like a lesser James Woods. I told you about that. Yeah. Uh, so he does have a James Woods kind of thing going on. Did not have the career James Woods had. Uh, had a decent career. He was in a movie in 84 too called The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, which used to be on HBO like 24-7 back in the early 80s. So he was kind of, he wasn't a brand new actor. He had actually been around since not around 1979, 1980. Uh, but 1987 was his big uh, leading role. 
because Terry Gar was actually, I'm sorry, Terry Gar was the star of Firstborn, and Peter Weller played her drug dealing boyfriend. Uh, so it was a Terry Gar vehicle. So he was a co starring role, but his first starring role was as this character, uh, Robocop. So then you think, uh, Carolyn, anybody else could have played uh, that role? Do you ever envision, or do you know that anybody else tried out for that role in all the documentaries that you saw? Um, no, yeah, I know. They they had a bunch of other people that, I mean, honestly, they wanted uh, briefly Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he was, wow, way, wow. Yeah, he was just way too big. The problem was, um, I'm trying to think of the time I had some of the other guys that, that tried out for it. The problem was, it was really the stature like the frame of the actor because you had to put so much of this stuff on him without looking like of like this huge sort of like michelin man kind of character and because right. then it would have kind of just been so unrealistic looking uh you know but, but and he had that frame and and honestly the jawline i mean because most of the movie you see him you know, because his eyes are covered, his nose is basically covered, and it's basically his lips and his jawline. And then when he takes the, obviously when he takes the the the, uh, the head the helmet off later on in the movie, but that's really just the last fifteen minutes. So you needed somebody who could sort of, you know, keep the interest facially without having the eyes, you know, without you know, no smiling, nothing like that. He fit, he fit the suit like Johnny Bravo, and he fit the suit, and hey. he did. He, I mean, I mean, the suit was especially made for him anyway. But right, you know, right. I mean, an Arnold Schwarzenegger type of person being so tall and so muscular it would not have worked putting on, you know, because you also have to understand he's he's wearing a wetsuit technically under it as well. That's right. So he's got a right. wetsuit under it and you've got these pieces. And once they were able to finally get it, like it only took about, I say only five or six hours to put him in it, you know, but each time doing that, I mean, imagine having to go to work, you know, five or six hours early because they have to dress you and then you have to work for like 10, 15 hours and That's all true. your other friends are coming in, you know, your coworkers are coming in all nice and refreshed and, and you've already been there for hours. And then plus the makeup, that he he has to wear, uh, you know, later on when he does take the headpiece or you know the helmet off, that took like four or five hours to do, and only lasted a few hours because of the you know even though they, they say it's in Detroit, it's filmed in Texas, so the That's Texas right. heat would actually melt the makeup off of his you know the the headpiece that he's wearing. Plus he had a ball cap on, you know. I mean it was it's it's it was a, it was a process and, and and 1980s and well it filmed in '86, released in '87, yeah. so it did not you know the technology wasn't it quite there yet for prosthetics and stuff like that. It was, it advances time and time again. I mean, you're talking 35 years ago, you know, yep. uh, more than that. So and again, you know, you know, it's funny. I just, I don't mean to catch up. Um, yeah. The guy who created the suit, Rob Botton actually did all the special effects for the thing. So, oh, okay. Uh... Oh, interesting. Interesting. Now, <laughs> yes. now, now I, I saw RoboCop in theaters cause I was in 1987. I was 18, 19 years old. I was just out of high school. Or uh, what, what, or what should have been my high school run, uh, <laughs> as we talked about earlier. Um, the release date was, uh, to be exact, was July seventeenth, nineteen eighty-seven. I believe I did see it on the opening weekend. Uh, theater was packed, and again, uh, movies like that. Uh, you know, Terminator come out a few years earlier, the Running Man stuff, anything mm -hmm. with that diehard action-y kind of, you know, uh, Peter Weller wasn't a known star, but we had known him because, you know, Firstborn, Buckaroo, Bonsai. If you had even yeah. a little familiar name to us teenagers back in the 80s, Carolyn, quite honestly, we were there. You, you know, know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, we saw him in such and such. What? Yeah. Who, what movie is that? Yeah. Uh, we knew who I mean, we Buckaroo, was. Bonsai, is based, it's like a cult movie nowadays. Well, yeah, I mentioned it online movie. a few times and people are like, oh my God, I love that movie, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, know? yeah, again, so, <laughs> but, but, but what sold us was the movie poster you know that sold us and, oh, the, 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 tra yeah. and, the, and the trailers you know on yeah. tv you know futuristic cop 
you know, the whole suit and everything. Like I said, this is the decade of the Terminator and Schwarzenegger, Predator, mm -hmm. Running Man, and just name these movies. And action, action was the was the thing back then. You know, uh, we even talked about horror taking a dip because action movies really took over. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I next mean, the next. Hard and, oh, you could just yeah, go on yeah. and on. I mean, still, oh my God, still on Rambo. Exactly, Rambo. Cobra. <laughs> Cobra. You know, I mean, just you, just these one word movies. Um, but it was released again, July 17th, 87. Uh, it cost, and you know, it's funny, even in today, I mean, today's stands, you look at it, it's like that's the salary of maybe a supporting uh -huh. actor. 13.7 million. million dollars, and it made 53.4 million. And you got to figure a million of that is the suit. At least, yeah. yeah. I mean, least. there were like seven different suits, but the the like the main the one that they ended up, you know, they had. But yes, yeah, so, so you figure a million dollars for the suits, right? Of that budget, so twelve million dollars to make that movie. It's actually it's, it's pretty impressive, especially when you look at the remake, which we'll discuss in a little while. <laughs> exactly, but you know, and and going down because there was known actors in the first movie as there was in the remake. Um, Peter Weller, of course, was the star because he was RoboCop. Obviously, RoboCop was on the poster, but supporting cast pretty good. Let's oh, break it so down. Good. We'll talk about them a little bit. Uh, okay. Nancy Allen as Ann Lewis, a tough and loyal police officer, they describe her as. Uh, and she's in a bunch of, uh, you know, she's an important part of the franchise as, as is RoboCop. She's, would you say she's the second most important character in the franchise? Uh, yeah, I mean, she's in all of them. So I would say that because the other ones get killed. So oh, no, 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 I understand, but to, to the fan base, did, did she, yeah. the, is there a lot of love for uh, Nancy Allen's character in this? I mean, cause obviously RoboCop- yeah, I think Rob, so. But, yeah. I think so. I mean, you know, I think she's downplayed a little. She, you know, she's basically the only one. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah, kind of yeah. kind of downplayed. And I, I shocked you the other day when I told you that Nancy Allen was actually uh, with Brian De Palma for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I didn't time. realize that she was married. They were married. Yeah, they were married. The famous actor Brian De Palma, who has nothing to do with this movie, but you guys would know Brian De Palma from, of course, Scarface, Carlito's Way, and yeah. just a plethora uh, of uh, movies throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the great Brian De Palma. Uh, him and Nancy Allen together for a very long time. Uh, and, um, you know, Nancy held her own in this movie. You know, I'd, I'd seen her in Blowout with uh, John Travolta. I was really impressed by her in that movie. It was a was kind of a sleeper movie, Carrie, which was mm -hmm. the bomber. Well, I think Brian met her actually on the set, and that's how they started their relationship, I believe, in Carrie. Uh, but uh, Nancy is a very underrated, uh, she's part of pop culture. But again, you don't hear Nancy Allen's name brought up that, that much by people. No, not really. I mean, not in my circle of friends because nobody likes the stuff I like. So <laughs> I had to go to like Twitter and stuff like that. <laughs> but yo, even when I mentioned RoboCop, no, she's really not brought up that much. And she again played, play, yeah, played a pivotal role. And also, uh, she, she also doesn't have, you know, I mean, I think RoboCop is also known for memorable lines and she really right, doesn't she have, catchphrase, yeah. yeah, like she doesn't have the, the, the memorable line really, other than maybe blowing the bubbles. She blew, she blew. She, yeah, she, she didn't, she yeah, didn't, yeah, she I, I will get, we'll get into uh, RoboCop's uh, quotes later oh, on. Yeah. We've got a bunch of fun ones. Uh, but let's talk about some another actor that me and you are very fond of, the great Ronnie Cox. Yes, uh, as I did a Ronnie Cox appreciation as, day list <laughs> on his birthday. <laughs> Ronnie Cox is great. Still, still goes around playing with his uh, band. Yes. Uh, you know, that's pretty Love much him. what he's doing. And he's I like 80, through 82? I think he's 82. It'll be 83 yeah, this year? I think that, yeah, I think he still acts. I'm, I, I think he's kind of semi-retired, uh, but he's mostly does stuff with music. Uh, yeah. He's always been a guitar player since he was in... Uh, um, that movie with uh, Burt Reynolds, Deliverance, where, yes. he, where he play, really played the guitar. Um, and that banjo. Fun fact banjo about guitar. Deliverance mm -hmm. is uh, he is double jointed in real life. So the scene, if you haven't seen Deliverance, spoiler oh, alert, course, yeah. 
the scene where he 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 he's drowning his arm is like he actually was just able to do that like he, he just yeah, did yeah. that himself he, that and they they, they filmed it yeah it's like you know <laughs> yeah oh i love him oh i love him so much. oh and we love him of course as bogomil and uh yes. beverly hills beverly hills cop beverly hills uh, cop 2 came out in 87 beverly hills cop 2 came out in 87 that was another again an action movie again you'll see the theme here he's a, nice a lot of a lot of action. Yeah, Bogomil was great. Very underappreciated character. Well, this is well, Robocop is, I think, one of the first movies where he actually plays a prick. Like he always kind of right. played a good guy. Dick Jones. And then in Robocop. Yes, Dick, Dick Jones. Jones. I know he's got like a dick name. Dick Jones. Dick Jones. <laughs> and he's such um, an asshole. And and, an, and another dicker, uh Clarence Bow Dicker, uh Kurtwood <laughs> Kurtwood Smith, the Kurt legendary Smith. Kurtwood Smith, who's been a character actor for many years. He was a crime lord in the league with Dick Jones. Uh, and the great Miguel Ferrer, uh, yes. who's a tremendous actor, as okay. Bob Morton, an ambitious OCP junior executive responsible <laughs> for the RoboCop project. Um, so what do you think of uh, so pretty good cast? Like, again, Carolyn, back in 1987, well, these Paul guys McCrane, were like, Paul McCrane was, was, was also in it too, right? He, he was, was in... in uh... What was that movie? Um, not Flashdance. What was the, the other one? Rent? Was it Rent that he was uh, in? It might have been Rent, but Paul, Ray, rent. The, yeah, the great Ray Wise, who's been around for a long time, yes. is Leon Nash. Ray Wise, of course, was the hero hero in the Jeepers Creepers 2, where he battled the uh, questionable sexual assaulter monster, <laughs> the Creeper. Uh, who, for some <laughs> reason, that was like, why are boys wearing no shirts at night in a bus? I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Jeepers Creepers 2 is... Oh, the, the ultimate creep was Victor Salvo, who directed that movie. Um, uh, Jesse B. Uh, Goings as Joe Cox, uh, Calvin Jung as Steve Men, uh, who a member of Bo Dicker's gang. Um, Bod- so- His name is Bodiger. 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 <laughs> a lot of dicks. There's Bodiger, Bodiger and Dick Jones. Um, so yeah, I mean, you call him Clarence. <laughs> yeah, but again, this 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 wasn't what drew people to this movie was was the theme of it. It wasn't really there wasn't a, a Schwarzenegger, there wasn't a Stallone. You know what I mean? There wasn't a Bruce Willis. So again, it was that's why I said you know could anybody have played this? And I think uh, probably not. But you're right, Peter Weller was the right guy in the yeah, end for it. So. But it didn't make Weller a bigger star because if you look at it, it is outside of RoboCop, and that's a question we can go through too. Uh, help or hurt Weller in the long run because Peter Weller was a, a trained actor. He he was a, a good actor. He was in some serious stuff, but it just never he never got that Bruce Willis the, the attention of his peers, so to speak. Because RoboCop yeah, was in that era of hit films. Why? Yeah, was he I don't think there? he would have ever been a Bruce Willis type. I, I can't. Right. I just can't picture. I mean, I know so much about him, so I I just don't. I don't even think he was going for that. Like I don't. I just don't think. He would have ever went that way, whether it was RoboCop or not. But I don't think he I don't think it hurt him. I don't I mean, I don't I mean, help. I, I guess you could say it helped him. I mean, it made him a lot. Well, that's what he's most. He's most. That's what he's most. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's most. most I, yeah, he's I would say yeah. it depends on also what you're a fan of on TV. I mean, he was on 24. He was on Dexter. He's you know, he's got. Oh, no, no. He's, he's had a good. Done, yeah, he's on Sons oh, yeah, of Anarchy. No, he's, yeah, he's on Sons of Anarchy. Anarchy. Yeah. He's definitely known for. I mean, now he directs. He, you know, he does a lot. Yeah, of. He's an older scenes. man now. Exactly. You know, he's in his, his, his goal. He's a doctor. You know, he, he has. He got yeah, oh, no, but I'm saying the, uh, you know, his real. And listen, everyone should have a claim to fame as good you know what i mean like when they talk about like uh one hit wonders it's like you know it's yeah, better he to embraces have been... the robocop thing yeah i think he does i I, I don't know if he did his whole career though didn't that one time he kind of wasn't embracing he, um he distanced himself from the robocop 2 movie uh he he wasn't happy which he was in he wasn't in three yes he, he wasn't in three he was in two that, right. and um but yeah he did distance himself sort of from the second um he wasn't totally happy with uh sort of the 
that it was just an action kind of movie and it lost uh you know lost in translation kind of thing from the from the first one but you know a lot of times sequels are like that uh, you know i mean you already know the story so you don't need the backstory so you got to come up with other things and i mean we'll talk about robocop 2 in a little bit but um yeah he, he did this but now nowadays i mean he's done a lot there's another documentary coming out he just did another one there's oh, wow, another one okay. yeah there's another one coming out um i i, I know it, it it was just i finished filming i think like two weeks ago so there's another one yeah, well, I mean, listen <laughs> If he came to my house, I would pay to listen to him talk. He could talk to me all day long. I don't care. You can talk to me about Robocop, talk to me about Italian artwork. I don't give a shit. You got to you see, you got you to see Firstborn. I think you'd like it. Um, you know what the competition was? Now, Robocop, again, we talked about Joe's the Revenge was up against it uh, in that month. Uh, you know, it was another movie that was uh, debuting uh, around that time. It was a movie we mentioned last week, Summer School, with Mark oh, Harmon and Christy Alley. Yeah, that was, that, yeah, that, that uh, was in competition at the time. Uh, it's third weekend. RoboCop was the fourth highest grossing film uh, behind La Bamba, which I saw that summer of 87. Yeah. Uh, the horror film The Lost Boys, which was a monster hit that summer. Yeah, that was huge. Uh, and uh, films like that Crocodile was... Dundee was also coming out, which was a big hit, as you know. I didn't care for that film, but it was a big uh, 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 shout out to a uh, fellow <laughs> Australian producer. Uh, <laughs> no, no, disres no disrespect to Jim. We love Australia. Uh, yeah, we love Australia. Crocodile Dundee came out that same summer. Uh, Witches of Eastwick. Remember that film? Oh, uh, my God. Yes. Of Eastwick. Wow. Uh, Lethal Weapon. Speaking Lethal of action weapon. smash hits. My God. Launched Mel Gibson into the stratosphere. Stakeout with Emilio Estevez and um, oh my God, I Richard Dreyfus. Yes. Richard Dreyfus. Uh, the Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. Uh, which was a pretty good movie with Helen Slater uh, at the time. Uh, Three Men and a Baby, a film that you're very fond of, right, Carol? I am obsessed with that movie. Uh, the Untouchables was that summer. Uh, I just watched that movie like the, two days ago. Oh, fantastic. Launched, <laughs> Kevin, launched Kevin Costner's career. Uh, Fatal Attraction, $126 million movie uh, bank that summer. Uh, monster hit. Everyone's seen Fatal Attraction. Uh, what was the last time you saw Fatal Attraction? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that one. It's been a while, but what a, a, what a movie. What a picture, right? Yeah. Platoon, platoon. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 2, as you mentioned. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're talking, there was a lot of good stuff that came out uh, during the 87. We're actually going to talk about some of the summer hit songs towards a lot of part of the cast uh, that came out around that time in the summer of 87. A lot of, a lot of, a real plethora of different styles of music huh carol in 87 it was oh uh, it was very interesting and uh you know we have a bunch of uh charting songs that dominated the summer and not only the u.s but in the uk we'll talk about that a little bit later but get but overall robocop now we talked about this guy now i was old enough to see it in the theaters it was rated r at the time you were a little kid so i don't even know if your parents would have took you to see that no i did not see it in the theater like uh, you were, we were talking about yeah. this before yeah and um I didn't get to I, I didn't get to see it till uh, for younger folk who might not know this, but back then when a movie came out in the theater, uh, pending you know who owned the rights or how popular it was, they didn't come out on tape, quote on tape. Sorry, it didn't come out on videotape till anywhere from like six to eight months later. Right. So RoboCop didn't come out until I think February or March of 1988. So I saw it sometime in 88 because, yeah, my as, as, a, as a rental, right? As, as a, a rental. rental. Yeah, wow. it was a rental. Yeah. yeah. And to buy it, it was like 90 bucks. It was it was like ridiculous. Oh, I know. I paid one hundred and sixty seven dollars for Roadhouse. Are you serious? <laughs> nah, I'm like, oh, I paid, my God. I, paid, I, I, for a second, I, paid, I, believe I paid 90. That. I paid 90. I, yeah, I, paid 90. I would believe that because I did pay then, 90 dollars for Roadhouse. But it's not like, yeah, nowadays, like a movie comes out and two days later, you know, you can watch it on cable streaming services. It's, you know, DVD. It, it's totally like back then it was totally different. So if you didn't see something in the theater, like you were you missed out. <laughs> you had to wait. Yeah, it was like, right. It's 
King Kong vs. Godzilla was in the theaters for about five minutes. The next day it was on, you could watch it at home. Exactly. I was like, you know. I'll never forget, back years back, I went to see, um, uh, I forgot the name, I'll think of it. Uh, I went to see a movie in the theater. I was like, oh, it was a Chris Evans movie. I want to go see it. I go, I find a theater in Jersey. It wasn't even playing in New York City. So I find a theater in Jersey. I go to see it. I come home. I, I loved it. I turn on the television. I happen to just be flipping through and I saw it on pay-per-view. And I'm like, are you really? kidding me? <laughs> I could have just watched it in my own house. Wow, that quick, I mean, huh? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an overly popular. There's a show on it about it now. I actually did advertisement for it last year. I can't think of the name of it. I'm getting bad with remembering names if I don't write it down. But yeah, Jeez. no, like, like I remember when I was younger, like if you were friends went to see a movie and you couldn't go, like you had somewhere to be and you couldn't go, and they would talk about you had to wait to see that movie. You know, you like on video, it was it was quite a. I mean, imagine waiting nine months to, <laughs> to see a movie. Oh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a child in the meantime. Yeah, my exactly. God. <laughs> I mean, July of '87, it came out on you know on video in March of '88. So. I saw it sometime in 88, which I was still very young, uh, considering the amount of violence that's in that movie. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so again, I saw it. It was, you know, big hype. A lot of people, movies was such a big thing in 87. I mean, when you name all those, when I was naming the movies yeah. earlier, Lost Boys, all that, Beverly Hills Cop 2, packed to the rafters, big lines. But you didn't mind because that was the hot ticket, so to speak, back then. Uh, especially for that, that was that was the thing to do. The movies, I mean, movies are still prominent, but not remotely as they used to be in the '80s. Because with so much to do now, with your uh, free time, or yeah. you know, uh, you know, socially, there's so much different things you can do. But uh, going to the movies, but I also is think way of life in the '80s, then. I mm-hmm. think one of the, the great things about like the '80s and I guess into the early '90s, you know, the '70s too, is that there were new ideas which made it more mm-hmm. fascinating. Like nowadays, sure. there's like, the you know, they rehash, like that's why I get annoyed when people are like, oh, the 80s sucked. Really? Because they're remaking all the movies, all the songs that you hear have samples from the 80s and all of the shit in it. You know, like where are all the new ideas? Like back then you had new ideas, you know, Robocop, and, you know, Terminator, you know, stuff like that. It was new and it was like, oh my God, you know, Freddy Krueger and stuff like that. So you wanted to go see these things. It was like, oh my, you know, like, oh Lord, like these, what these people are coming up with. Exactly. You know, now very creative this, time. Very creative yeah, time. it was great. It was like wrestling. You know, like wrestling was new. It's great. It was another <laughs> thing that was very creative. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, a lot of people will use that narrative. Oh, Hollywood's run out of ideas, but it's been quite a while since they have, and they've always tried to uh, reinvent something that was done to perfection. That's why everyone's like, please don't make another, a, a Jaws remake. Please, yeah, don't make a, a don't make a Warriors remake. Please don't make a Saturday exactly. Night Fever remake. With modern day, can you imagine a Santa Fe remake with the no, modern day? It wouldn't dance even now? work. It wouldn't, fly. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't, fly. it wouldn't even work. You know, plus they, you, you can't, uh, you know, say a lot of those references anymore, which we found very funny back in 1977. But um, getting uh, to, going from RoboCop one uh, to RoboCop two. Now, RoboCop two uh, wasn't immediately launched, even though it was a big hit in 80, summer '87. Uh, RoboCop 2 didn't come out till uh, 1990. 1990. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, RoboCop 2, actually the uh, actual uh, release date for it was June 22nd, 1990. And you heard us play for our intro tonight, The Kid Goes Wild from the hair metal band from California, Babylon AD, who got a gold record. Uh, the song was so popular and the video played constantly on Dial MTV. Remember Dial MTV? Back yes. yes. Uh, Paulie Shore was host. I saw an episode where Paulie Shore actually uh, announced the uh, band into the debut of the video so i'm like god paulie show was hosting back then um i mean before he was even in his movies this was before that yeah i i think he uh he might have been in one film but again it just takes you back to how long ago that was 30 31 years ago and uh robocop 2 came out again june 1990 now the premise of this film a lot more different than the original film 
Uh, again, if you see the description, it says cyberpunk once again. Uh, so annoying. Somebody uh, change that. Somebody change that, please. Do it for me. Basically, it's not cyberpunk. Exactly. It's it's the sequel, of course. Look up what cyberpunk means. And it pits it pits RoboCop up against another cyborg created with the intention of replacing RoboCop. Robocane. Robocane. Yeah. But the story more is the kid who Carolyn. How old was he supposed to be in the movie? And how old was the actor? Do we know how old? I don't. I think he's supposed to be twelve. 12 in the 12 movie. 12 i'm pretty uh, sure yeah i believe 12 yeah 12 i'm he did look too. slightly older but i mean he, he i mean he was he was a young looking kid i don't know yeah. how old he was yeah so he was uh and what was his name again Gabriel the, uh, Damon. uh no no the uh the, oh hob 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 <laughs> sorry hob. sorry gabriel yeah. no, it's okay hob and uh hob was the uh the villain here and a lot of critics especially roger ebert uh called it reprehensible yeah. Uh, had a real problem with this. And The Kid Goes Wild actually is a song, even though Babylon AD, I don't think specifically wrote it, it just kind of, you know, dialed into the, the, to the theme. But The Kid Goes Wild is really supposed to be not, not about RoboCop, but about the villain uh, killer kid. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, this movie, Carolyn, and, and your opinions on it, comparisons to the first one. And what you thought of the concept of, obviously there was a, an evil, you know, RoboCop, like Mecha Godzilla against Godzilla. <laughs> But the kid was the main villain here. So explain, tell me what well, you're thinking. Well, I mean, well, no, I guess Kane yeah. is technically the main villain, I would say. Um, he's the one who ends up becoming the Robo Kane. But, but the kid is focused um, upon, even yes, to this day, people remember he, that kid. Yeah. He's focused on, I think, yes, because for the most part, kids are really not prominent in movies you know especially violent like movies this, or like action this, movies. Yeah. yeah especially like this and also the fact that he's killed i mean they kill a kid now right. do you actually see him get killed no you know it's when the robo cane comes in and he, he's shooting everybody up and the guy the kid have you know hob happens to be in the uh the one of the um crate thingies the metal mm. crate thingies i can't think of what it is and you know he shoots it up and and, and robocop finds him and he's dying and it's it's kind of sad and creepy at the same time i mean they, right. they literally kill a kid i mean the concept of the movie is you know kane is this drug lord and he's produced this cheap drug that gets you know everybody's hooked on it it's called nuke and right, you know nuke. Squirt it, yeah you squirt it into your neck and uh nice. yeah and it's it's literally it's cheap it, it, you know and and they're they're trying to get rid of it and obviously kane is is doesn't want that to happen and down the line kane ends up fighting with robocop and he himself gets quote-unquote killed and gets turned into basically a they call him robo kane and right. he's um Sort of a combination of like a Ed 209, but with a computer head, you know, it's not like it's it's Tom Noonan as a like sort of like a CGI head head face. And he's huge, he's big, and he's got all these weapons and all sort of stuff. And, and, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the little crew of them, it's similar to regular the first Robocop, there's a crew and Robocop's going after them just for different reasons. You know, obviously, in the first one there, he's going after them because they killed him. And then this one, he's just going after them to clean up Detroit. Right. Um, but in the process, you know, RoboCop is also battling, you know, his other things. You know, he wants to see his wife and kid. He's still fighting is, you know, am I human? Am I not kind of thing? And they're trying to, OCP is still trying to wipe him out with that. And, you know, and there, you know, there's different things that, you know, they take him apart in this movie. They completely yes, take that's him right. Apart. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he like nukes out. And <laughs> Well, you were saying, yeah, Tom, Tom Noonan, uh, yeah. who I knew uh, back in the day was married to the actress Karen Young. 
uh, from Animal House and Karen was in mm-hmm. Starman and The Wanderers. Great actress, Karen Young. Very underrated, actually, actress. Yeah. Um, but I know that's how I knew him. Oh, he's the guy married to. Uh, he was also in The Monster Squad. Uh, he played the Frankenstein monster. He was on a, he's Blood. on a bunch of episodes like Law and Order. He always plays a creepy guy. Yeah, he was in. Uh, he has a he, creepy he, look. Well, he was in the movie Manhunter. I remember yes, in '86. Yes, yes, great, yes, yes. Great movie. Great movie. movie. Uh, he was in Last Action Hero. Not so great movie. Uh, with Schwartz, <laughs> ironically, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? There right you go, he was in. He was in Twelve Monkeys with uh, yes. right, I believe. And uh, again, uh, you know, a good act. And he was basically the the nemesis. But again, yeah. the, the kid Gabriel Damon Hobb got more of the attention because it was, as you said, very unusual. Yeah, I mean, he walks around kid. with guns. He's selling drugs. I mean, you don't yeah, really want to sell drugs. Selling drugs. You know, there's even, an even, though, even though some people listen to this go, I know 12 year olds. Yeah, sell drugs I know. So do I. Uh, you know, uh, you know, there's the arcade scene where he, he's in the arcade and he's selling the drugs and, and Robo's coming after him with, uh, you know, with Lewis. Great scene. Great again. scene. That's a great and, scene. Uh, yeah. I love that scene also because in the I background, if you pay attention, you can see they have a Ghostbusters game. Yes. He, yes. That's when right. he's going after Duffy, the um, the crooked cop uh, right. uh, who has a brutal death. But when they're going after Stephen him, Lee, yeah, uh, yeah uh, you can see Ghostbusters in the background. But, you know, the kid, uh, Hob, at one point, he, you know, he, he points a gun at Robocop. Robocop, you know, turns and he's going to shoot him and he can't. And the kid, you know, Hob is like, you, you know, you can't shoot a kid, can you, motherfucker? It's like, oh, my God. Like, I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, and <laughs> it's like, damn. You know, but yeah, I mean, and he, he was very good at being an asshole. He really was. He like he you really just. I mean, not that you wanted to see him die, but he was such a jerk. And and you do kind of feel bad when he is dying, like, because he's a kid. I, he's a, And it's funny because, you know, I, I obviously I talk on Twitter a lot about RoboCop and, and I, I show my collections because I, well, I, I haven't passed, but um, I have a lot of RoboCop memorabilia. And RoboCop 2, for the most part, is sort of a frowned upon sequel. And I don't think it gets the credit to deserve. I don't think it's as bad as everybody makes it out to be. I, you know, I, I think nowadays a lot of times you know people just when it comes to sequels they just can't adjust to it not being perfectly like the original which nothing is going to be because you don't have to tell a story anymore you have to go a different direction people already know what the story is whether it's nightmare on elm street or jason or whatever it is you know you don't have to keep doing that you don't have to keep rehashing it so the second one is is different but honestly i mean i think it's a pretty decent movie and the fact that you know they do things that you know most normally never ever see even to this day you know it's 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 pretty frowned upon you know we talked about the nightmare on elm street movie where you know supposedly freddy krueger's a, a you know he's a kid killer but in the movie he's not killing kids he's killing teenagers because it's not cool to kill kids you know so well, it's, it wasn't a common thing and it still isn't well, again, the, the exact quote was uh, Roger Ebert says the use of that killer <laughs> child in this movie is be beneath contempt. That's what he said. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's so. But um, let's talk about the marketing for this movie, because, again, you know, Babylon AD, again, a band that got in the, the, uh, the you can, I'll let you do this one. Well, it was cool because they got again, it was, you know, hair metal was big still in 1990. Grunge really came in around 91, 92, but ni- 1989, 90. Hair metal was still king. Motley Crue, bands like that were on top. Uh, Poison, all bands like that. So Babylon D, to a lesser extent, they were kind of like uh, the the other tier, the lower tier. But uh, the video got a lot of play on Dial MTV and on M- MTV itself. And so that put a lot of focus on the movie because, as you know, RoboCop and the kid were in the video. You've seen mm-hmm. the video, right, Karen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also another marketing ploy was wrestling was hot at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think that RoboCop would have went to the main wrestling fed, which would have been <laughs> exactly. WWF. And I don't know why they didn't. I don't know if there was ever uh, 
an attempt to an approach option? WWF, yeah. an option. But they went to WC, the NWA, which just became WCW in 1990. Up until then, it was known as the NWA. And RoboCop showed up at the WCW pay-per-view event Capital Combat, uh, where he rescued Sting. Everybody knows the, the legendary wrestler Sting, who's probably listening to this podcast, from another legendary group, the Four Horsemen, who were beating down Sting. Mm -hmm. And uh, RoboCop came out. It's kind of uh, looked upon as, uh, you know, for wrestling, this sounds weird, a goofy thing yes. uh, in the world of wrestling. Uh, I don't know if it helped uh, RoboCop's rep or the uh, WCW's rep. Uh, because And WCW couldn't pull off stuff like that. Now, honestly, Carolyn, I think the WWF could have pulled that off in a much cooler, bigger platform manner. Don't you think WWF in 1990, having Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, uh, yeah, all the demolition, demolition, yeah. Yeah, they could have, they could have, I know, think he I could picture him, there. yeah, have him come in and get the uh, beat down the powers of pain or something, you know, it would have been cool. Yeah, but I also think, I mean, even though there is, you know, there are, um, humorous parts more i would say more humorous parts right. in the second one than in the first because you know because they do reprogram him at one point and he does yeah, kind of turn yeah. corny yeah he was you know, corny. he's really not a it's not like robocuff's like a jokes or anything so you know putting him in, in wrestling really what is he going to do and he's supposed to be a robot like how do you no can't, no, no he, he can't I, wrestle I, he can't do but, anything but, he's just gonna stand there but karen the point <laughs> being is this this film was rated r was it not uh, yes. Yes, it the was a rated two, R yes. film. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. So to make it family well, friendly, is a, yeah, yeah, drug and yeah. violence, obviously, and killer kid. Yeah. And the contemptible, they beneath should, contemptible. They should, name it, uh, they should change the name Robocop 2. We kill a kid. Right. And 19, <laughs> again, I think I, I think some young people might look back and go, oh, 19, that was all corny. And, you know, you had stuff out Vanilla Ice and Gerardo and Rico yeah. Suave and Ice Ice Baby. I met but, him. Who? I met Rico Suave. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I did. A lot of people call me the White Gerardo. So that's uh, from back in the day, because uh, back in the day, I, I had the, that look, uh, which was not supposed yeah, to be too hard. Yes, I can actually. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Now that you mention it. I yes. Know, I had the hair and everything. I am now. totally calling you that now. Uh, that's terrible. Rico. Um, so anyway, <laughs> did I tell you Roger Ebert said that there's beneath contempt? But, but, yeah, uh, no. I wouldn't say it helps RoboCop or WCW. I don't. I don't even. No, it, it, it's it's known as as kind of yeah, goofy. Uh, a, a, goofy a, a silly, a goofy moment. Now, listen, it was funny. You mentioned this before. For home media, when a movie would leave the theaters and it would get, go to VHS and be available for a rental, and this was mm -hmm. Blockbuster was just coming out at that time, late 80s, early 90s, a lot of mom and pop stores. You had said uh, your local video store was Hollywood Video? Uh, there was a Hollywood later on in life, but there was it was called uh, um, Captain Captain Video. Captain Video, Captain yeah. Video. Our, ours was called Madajos, and we had Video yeah. on the Bay and Sheepshead Bay back yeah, in the, the local back ones. In the, time. the local time. So we had this, Blockbuster, but Blockbuster was further away. So Captain yeah, it was further away. Yeah, Blockbuster really Captain took Video. over more mid nineties. Yeah, late 90s. later on. Uh, yeah, and the mom and pops was still dominant in the late eighties. But so when this film came out, it was released in June. It ran pretty much for half the summer. And then, but it was released to VHS on December 13th, 1990. So six oh, months six in between months. theater to being available to be rent for home video. So I think that was like, that that was like reasonable back then, right? That, yeah, months? that's actually pretty good. Usually I would say between like six to eight months. But it, like I said, and, and you said it too, it depended on who owned it. Like HBO had rights to certain things, you know, because it would come out in certain things. But yeah, so it also depended on how popular it was because most times movies didn't stay in the theater more than like a month because you started, it started dying out at that point. Yeah. Um, a lot of times movies don't pick up, you know, after the first week or two. So, yeah, but yeah, usually between six to eight months, I would say. And it wasn't really until the later nineties did that start to actually change. And now, I mean, now it's totally different, but yeah, that's, that's actually pretty, 
Yeah, that's not that's not too bad. Well, RoboCop debuted as the second highest grossing film at the box office during its opening week, and it went on to gross forty five point seven million at the U.S. Mm-hmm. box office, an additional uh, twenty two from uh, video rentals. So, I mean, it overall uh, again, I think RoboCop was, too was a very uh, you know as far as a rental goes and watching it on HBO or one of the movie channels that you had back then. I think that's where most people saw it if they didn't see it in the theater. So, I think at you got to a point where everybody at one point saw RoboCop too, one way or another. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, well, you did. <laughs> and I have many times since. Well, you did. Do you own a RoboCop too? Uh, no. I have all of them with these. I are, actually are they I all actually, released on Blu-ray, by the way? Um, I don't have any Blu-rays. I don't. I don't have. Oh, you don't have Blu-ray? No, okay. I have. I have DVDs, and that's it. And then that's it. And then I also have it. I have like saved on my DVRs too. I record them. I don't care. I still record. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I, I have it on VHS too. I have the VHSs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, you like I, you, I literally have yeah. a stack next to me. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven different versions of RoboCop, literally to the right hand of me. Plus, I have it playing on my television as I'm as I'm doing this because I have it saved on my DVR. RoboCop one and two. I'm psychotic. I, there's really something wrong with me. As I, you know, when I say it out loud, I'm like, oh my God, please stop talking. You sound crazy. <laughs> like, uh, that's true. Like you're a collector. We talked about well, it. No, 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 you know what it is? Also, yeah. I, I'm very lazy. I've said this before. And a lot of times, like, I record things on my DVR because I'm like, oh, you know, I just, I'll watch it. I, I let it run. I'm not actually sitting here watching it. Like, I've seen it so I don't need, but I'll, I'll record things and I'll see them because I don't want to go find the DVDs. Like, it's just a pain. In the- I have so many DVDs. Like, I got lucky today. Because I watched the remake, you know, to do the show, even though I've seen it a bunch of times. I'm like, let me watch it again just as a refresher. And I was literally going to just pay to rent it on the television. I'm like, I know I have it somewhere, but I have so many DVDs. So I was like, let me just check the pile next to me. Because I have about, I don't know, maybe about 200 sitting on my, my nightstand next to me, like underneath. And luckily it was, I have a Michael Keaton bunch and it was in the bunch. I'm like, oh, thank God. So I didn't, I didn't even have to go far. So <laughs> I'm just so lazy. I don't want to have to go find the oh, yeah. Well, you know, because we got to mention it because it'd be crazy to just go to the remix. So we'll quickly uh, blow past 93. Yeah. What we'll mention, RoboCop 3 came out in 1993. Thank Peter you. Weller, okay. Peter, Peter, Weller, Peter Weller is gone and replaced by Robert John Burke. Uh, once again, described as a cyberpunk action film. Oh my God. Uh, co-written by Fred. Anybody who's a fan of me, please change that. Yes. It was released in 1993. Uh, Again, actually the actual date of its release, um, was, uh, June 24, excuse me, November 5th, 1993. Uh, Budget was 22 million. It made 47 million at the box office. Again, it made money, but it was yeah. the, the least liked. And I know you do not care for it. It's not. It wasn't a summer release because action movies are usually summer releases and it. It's that's no, weird. no, no. It was released in the UK in June 94, the following year, but it was no, it was released here in the States, November uh, 5th, 1993. And again, it, it, it was it, it did OK, but most people just did not. Like, it was the first time, by the way, it went PG. It was no longer rated yeah. R, it went to PG 13. Uh, and Robert Bur- Burke replaces uh, Peter Weller. Do uh, you think that was pretty much uh, the kiss of death for that oh, movie's yeah. replacement of RoboCop? Absolutely. Or, or just this wasn't warranted? And a lot of people say the sequel wasn't necessary and it didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I would say both. I, I mean, I think, you know, when you have someone who's known and, and you know, who's, I mean, I, I, who could play RoboCop other than Peter Weller? I'm sorry, yeah. no offense to Joel Kinnaman who we'll talk about later, but um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't think it was necessary anyway. I mean, yeah, the second one made money too, but I mean, at that point, I don't, yeah, I, I, I just don't think, I didn't even see it. So I can't even really speak upon it. I can't say if it's good or bad. I'd never even, I, I don't think I see well, it. 
listen to listen to this because I this can't plays, remember it. If I did this, this plays into what you said. Initially, this film was scheduled for summer of '92. It was in the can, so to speak. Uh, RoboCop would languish on the shelf wow. until the following year in November. Orion Pictures went through bankruptcy at the oh, time well, and, and was brought out. Because yeah. of the release dates, it's tying the video games released prior to the film and thus revealed uh, the f- revealed the film's plot to everybody before it was even Ooh. released. People knew about it, so it kind of ruined it, the magic. Today, you know, Carolyn, that goes on all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. People, but back people then, are, in 93, people, people did not angry. appreciate People get angry when actors get hired to do movies and they complain. Oh, my oh, God, yeah. yeah He's not really, you know, straight. Oh my god. <laughs> he's not really straight. <laughs> my god. What do you mean? He doesn't stand up straight, is what you're saying? No, you know, I get, I get angry. <laughs> I mean, listen, I understand. You know, like I remember the backlash Michael Keaton got when he got hired to do Batman. That was back back then. You know, I, I, I get, a, I get why people get upset when certain people get hired to do movies. But nowadays, they get angry at things that you shouldn't get angry about. Because right. if you t- look at a movie like Rain Man. I love that movie and I'm not a Tom Cruise fan at all. And Dustin Hoffman's performance in that movie is amazing. But if you were to announce that nowadays, people would be mad because he's, you know, quote unquote, you know, he, he's not disabled in that way. You know, but he, it's a, he's an actor. That's but the you, point you of couldn't, being you, an actor. You couldn't, yeah, and you're right. You couldn't get someone who actually has that disability to play a role of a disability. Yeah, you know, and, and like there's certain movies Crazy. where it just Crazy doesn't time. work and people get angry and it's like, no, why, why not let somebody you know, be play that role and bring more attention to it. Like, I I mean, like who hasn't seen Rain Man and thought, oh my God, Dustin Hoffman is amazing in that movie. Like, you know, and nowadays people complain about stuff. It's like, give it a chance. Let at least watch it before you complain about it being terrible. Like you're getting angry at stuff, you know, oh, hire a gay actor for a gay part. Well, I mean, I, I was a big How I Met Your Mother fan. You know, and and um, Neil Patrick Harris played the hottest straight guy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he no, was a it's, womanizer. It's, it's, well, that's why they that's why they call it acting. Acting, yeah, exactly. Yes, leave him alone. Be an actor. Oh, I could go on a whole show about this. So we're talking about RoboCop three, and uh, just to talk about it, it again, critics panned it. I mean, panned it worse than the other two. This is probably the worst reviews the RoboCop franchise has gotten for one of their films. Uh, to quote, uh, you're talking about Roger Ebert a lot of time because you know he he is a pretty acclaimed, very acclaimed uh, film guy. I don't agree with a lot of things he said, but he gave a lot of good reviews uh, that I did agree with. Uh, he gave this film one and a half stars, disputing, disputing the character's longevity. He said, Roger Ebert said in quoting the, about this movie, why do they persist in making these retreads? Because RoboCop <laughs> is a brand name, I guess, and this is this year's new model. It's like an old tradition in Detroit to take an old design and slap on some fresh chrome paint. So, uh, yeah, compared it to like the way Detroit Zing. like, zings, zings out a car. <laughs> uh, the other points of criticism in this movie from, uh, like I said, a massive amount of movie critics not, not couldn't find any positive reviews of this film while researching it, uh, said they curtailed the graphic violence of the first two films deliberately done in order to get a more family friendly PG-13 rating on this one. Less dark humor. And of course, the missed presence of actor Peter Weller in the title role. So you're right. Carolyn. That's right. So, yeah, the, the critics Always agreed. Right. With you. The, the critics agreed Always with you, right. Carolyn. So yeah, so this would not be uh, this. This would be not uh, a highlight. Yeah, not a highlight. This would be equivalent to uh, the Dream Master, perhaps in the, the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, franchise in a way, like the least liked <laughs> one by the fans, maybe. Oh, I like the Dream Master. No, but you know what I mean, as far as the fans, you know, and then, you know. Um, I would say if I mention RoboCop to people, they go one, two, and that's it. <laughs> is that oh, is that is that for real? Oh, you oh think yeah, so? yeah, absolutely. I don't. I I don't think I've met one person who's ever talked about RoboCop three to me. I, I don't. Well, I don't. again, you know, the, like I said, it wouldn't be nothing we, against we the movie. Yeah, 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 we try to be accurate. We try to be fair here. 
Uh, but I, I saw it. I just don't remember it. And you didn't see it at all. I, I can't just, remember. If I, I can't remember anything about it. So I'm going to assume that I didn't see it. But I can't. I mean, I'd have to actually watch it to see. If yeah, I I, it. I, again, it was maybe it, I saw it once. Maybe. But I couldn't tell you one thing most, about it. Mostly one star, half a star from mm. uh, again, just really bad. I, know, I always feel bad. But let's let's get to something that, uh, again, as far as remakes go, uh, not too shabby. And you just watched it again last night. Yeah. I saw it about a year ago. I've watched it twice now um i saw it in the theater you saw it in theaters and you Mm -hmm. saw it last night again this morning i didn't see it in theaters i saw it on uh cable uh robocop 2014 the updated uh remake i guess if you want to call it with a little bit of a twist and turns here and there and some some differences some similarities (laughs) some differences we'll we'll discuss um (laughs) it's a remake of the original film again it's rebooted the franchise it's released in actually let's get the actual date and we'll know what date uh carol actually went to the movie i was in the theater by myself just like you know uh, it was released in, on February 12th, 2014. Do you remember it being cold and snowy and inclement weather? Uh, well, February, yeah, February 11th was my other dog's birthday, and February 12th is the day my other cat passed away. So. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, do, you, do you usually go, I didn't never ask you this, do you usually like to see the movie on its opening night? Uh, no, I don't usually ever go opening night. The okay. only time I go opening night is if it's, I'm like a real diehard, like it's something that I really want to see so no i wouldn't i wouldn't have went opening night maybe i went like that weekend uh because a lot of times if if a movie opens on a friday i'll maybe i'll go depending on the movie if i really want to see it i'll go like sunday morning at like 11 o'clock like catch the first show um or uh if you know if i could go during the week in the morning i'll do that like like you know so it it depends on the the movie or or what's like what's going on with it so i probably i would say i probably saw it that sunday i would think Okay. I can pull out the ticket, though, because I still have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have the movie ticket. <laughs> um, now, the movie poster was pretty cool. I mean, it looks it's the RoboCop yes, poster the with, with him on the, the black. He looks a little bit like a cross between RoboCop and Venom. Right. Yeah. It, like yeah. Because they yeah, that's well, you want to say who who he is, Joe Kinnaman? Yeah, Joe, Joe, <laughs> well, Joe Kinnaman's the actor, Joe but Kinnaman. a lot of people might not be as familiar with him as they will with the rest of the cast who are pretty star studded cast. Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton. That's right, baby. Woo! Samuel L. Jackson. Of course, he's in everything. A- Abby Cornish is pretty <laughs> yep. established female actress. Jackie, the great Jackie O'Haley. We talked about yep. as New Kruger, as we call them. Yep. Um, uh, Michael K. Williams. So it was actually very much more loaded with uh, stars. Now, listen, back in their day, too, in the first Robocop, Miguel Ferrer was a big star in his day, too. So it's kind of like these are the older Gary Oldman in his twilight of his career, Michael Keaton, another older guy now. So, again, Joe Kinnaman is the hot new actor on the scenes. This is the, the, the protocol of things. This is the way it usually works. Uh, and I'm sure, Carolyn, they had in mind that uh, Kinnaman was going to play this guy a few times in this in a new franchise. And much like Nightmare on Elm Street, it didn't seem to go that way. Uh, but the film itself kind of a mixed bag of, of uh, reviews and, and, and from fans. Now, let's just talk. The, the film was very expensive to make. It was a yes. budget of 100 and 130 million dollars. But it made at the box office two hundred and forty two point six million dollars at the box office. And that was uh, what, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, again, they definitely made their money back. The, the movie turned the profit and did well. But. You know, and and honestly, Cowan, to be honest with you, it did well enough that it could have garnered some updated, you know, more, uh, uh, you know, sequels, but it, it didn't happen. Well, let me first ask you, uh, you normally do not like to see sequels of iconic movies. Remakes. Like remakes. Well, yeah. Remakes. Um, 
what made you uh, go to see RoboCop where you wouldn't go see Nightmare on Elm Street, but you went to see RoboCop and you have like a fondness for an affinity for both originals. Yeah. <laughs> what was the difference here? What was the difference? Um, I honestly, I went to see it because of Keaton. I, I, I was curious. Really? Because my yes. Keaton was in it? Wow. Yeah, okay. that was really the only reason. I, I was curious to see, um, I, like Joel Kinnaman, I had seen in a movie previously with my dad. Um, and of course it went right out of my head. We were talking about it the other night in the name of, I can't remember the names or anything, went right out of my head. So I, I had known who he sort of was. I, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm like a huge fan of his, but I knew who he, who he was. And, um, you know, I figured I wasn't going to like it, you know, and you go kind of in I, and I was like, oh, well, let's just go in and see. I, I, I love Gary Oldman. I think he's just great and everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, so I, I went in really just for Keaton. It really honestly was just for Keaton. And, you know, he basically plays a combination of, you know, the old man from the original because he's, you know, he's the owner of, of the company and um, he's got tons of money and a combination of him, the old man and basically Miguel Ferrer's character. Right. Bob I was going to say Morton. it was Miguel, Miguel Ferrer's character. Yeah, he's right, basically right. like a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gary Oldman is the doctor who who who, you know, creates RoboCop um, and uh, they're both very good in it. Um, you know, if the movie wasn't called RoboCop, I, I, I think it would definitely be more liked. I think it's frowned upon because obviously you compare it to the original right. and it's very different. It's very different, um, you know, because of the, you know, you talked about how much it costs to be made right. because of the expense of how much it costs. What happened was the studio, um, they were pushing um, like Kinnaman and stuff like that were pushing for it to have an R rating. And because it was so expensive to make, they were afraid they weren't going to, to make their money back with an R rating, uh, which I don't really understand why, because nowadays I think R rated movies are a hell of a lot more popular than, than a PG 13 movie, but the studio insisted on it being a PG 13 movie. And, you know, there were a lot of conflicts with that. And, you know, one thing about RoboCop is, you know, it's known for the violence, but, Without the violence, it's such a different movie. Right. Without the way that Murphy is killed, it's totally different because, you know, Murphy has, you know, it, it brings him back to technically being human. It humanizes him. He has the memories of it. That's his first dream, you know, of, of Vodka killing him. And, and when you take that out, you know, the, the crew is ruthless. They don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't care they're killing a cop painfully. They make fun of him while he's dying. You know, like when you take that out and you change that, the movie's just totally different. The concept is different and the direction is different. So you needed that in RoboCop as much as it's known for that. It's it's a necessity. And it's obvious in the remake because in the remake, they change how he's killed. And it's just totally different. And, you know, the wife and the son have a, a, a bigger role, obviously, you know, right. um, you know, uh, Abby Cornish is very good in it. And God, she's beautiful in the movie. My God, she's, such, yeah, she's so pretty. Holy on. Lord. You know, but there are a lot. They're they're there every almost every second of the movie. They they they're they're there. In the in in the original, he's isolated. He's he's away from his family. He's you know it, it's it's he's you know like that's why you feel so terrible for him. Right, almost like the the way the Punisher was like where he lost his family, but the, his family was alive, obviously. But yes, right, they he's fighting. He's fighting. Right, they just leave. They just can't take. Um, and they leave. The movie that you saw Joel Kinnaman is, I remember, uh, The Darkest Hour. There right? you go. Yeah, I never remember the name of that 2011 movie. that was. You saw yes. that with your dad? I saw it with my dad. I have Good no movie. idea why. He picked it to go see it, and I was like, okay. And it was... It was it was a good movie, but man, I can't even explain it. It was so weird. Yeah. It was just a weird movie. Like it, It's 
it wasn't terrible but i remember both like when we left the theater we were like do you have anything that you have, do you have any idea what went on he was like no i have no idea like neither <laughs> that, one of us knew what, what happened like what was that, going that, on? That, that occasionally happens uh, it does go, sometimes uh, it does <laughs> it does i saw um joel kinnaman and funny i guess it would have been his follow-up film to robocop and i didn't even realize that and i had seen robocop on video not on in the movies uh run all night i told you very good you know liam neeson has that yes. rap uh, i'm gonna come into town you killed yeah. my daughter you killed my son uh, that's all he so does now that's all he does in a movie called run all night with joel kinnaman and liam neeson very good movie about him on the his son uh witnessed a mafia hit and he's trying to protect his son uh plays his son mike conlon liam neeson was uh conlon senior and him and his son are running around New York trying to avoid the mob wiping him and his son out. And I, I thought that that was RoboCop, but I wasn't sure. Now I just finally realized that seven years later seven. that it was the same yeah. guy. Yeah, because he guy. looked he looked different. Uh, Kinnaman looked different in that film uh, yeah. than he did in RoboCop. But he was good. Again, I love the updated RoboCop outfit. Yeah, it's updated. Obviously, it's a different time. Yeah, yeah. Up- he's originally silver. They, they, yeah, he's originally they, silver. The first, changed yeah. to black. I mean, no, no. In, well, in the remake, he they do they, he is silver right. to begin with, and then they change him to black. I remember they, when the guy says, him. "Yeah, put him in something in black." Yeah, uh, put him yeah, in so, yeah. Michael Keaton's like yeah, yeah Michael same. Keaton's like. I see him something in black. I like the uh, yeah. Michael Keaton was very good in that. And when I saw Michael Keaton, Gary Oldman were in it. Now Gary Oldman had been in Batman and stuff There's like a that. A lot so of I Batman's could, going on right now. A lot of a lot of Batman kind got, of stuff. Yeah, there, Michael you know, Keaton, Batman. You got Gary Oldman and um, uh, what's his name's Batman? Batman. Yeah, and then you got Gordon or whatever he was. You know, yeah. Peter Weller voices Batman too. So there you go. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yes. good. But um, a lot so of Batman stuff. So again, but. Uh, Take Michael Keaton out of the equation. What did you think of the movie overall, seeing the film? How did you, what, did you leave the theater liking it? And then obviously you watched it again last night. So knowing you, if you really don't like something, I, and you'll do. Yeah, whatever. I would never watch it again. And I, and I know you said pretty much, I'll do whatever it takes for this show, Kevin. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I said, listen, don't say that on the air, okay? Um, but but you won't, no, but you won't. Wa- I know you. stuff. I know you won't watch stuff that you really, I mean, two hours of your, not that like we have such yeah. precious time, but uh, two hours no, yeah, not to ask. Right. So, but so I, I, did you enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, I, it's, it was it's, so like in the theater, I, you know, I was cringing at certain things. Like there was, there's one, I, like one thing that really made me cringe was Jackie Earl Haley's part. Um, right. Maddox, he, he says the, um, uh, I'd buy that for a dollar line, but he says it wrong. Uh, he says, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. And uh, I remember sitting in the theater, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you had to change that. Like you couldn't just say, you know, I'd buy that for a dollar. Like you had to change it. Like it bothered me so much. <laughs> like just leave the line alone. Like the other line, basically like he, I, um, uh, Robocop at one point, he does say the dead are alive. You're coming with me. Um, so there are things that, you know, stayed the same. Um, a couple of things I thought were a little cooler, you know, obviously they have to update it. So Robocop, he runs in this movie, like he jumps, you know, in the original movie, you know, Peter Will is very stiff, you know, moving. There's not a whole lot of, you know, freedom and, and where is he yeah, going? Like he's not, he's not leaping over anything. I think the fastest he moves is when Emil is, you know, is going to get hit by the van and yeah, he runs, he kind of moves out of the way. He like jolts out of the way. That's the fastest he goes in, in the original. Right. Bulky but, um, costume, you know, very bulky costume. Yeah, no. Yeah. That costume was totally, totally different than in the re- the remake is obviously he's, he's got a lot more movement and you see his face a lot more. Like he's, he's exposed a lot more. He only kind of, you know, the helmet comes down on its own when he's about to like go into action. So you see Joel Kinnaman a lot more and uh, he doesn't have the robotic voice. You know, like that was another thing with Robocop. Like you knew when he was Robocop and you knew when he was kind of like Alex Murphy and, and uh, you know, when he dropped the robotic voice is toward the end um, when he takes the, the helmet off. 
but you know, I mean, and the biggest thing is, is how he's killed. He's killed by a car bomb. I mean, right. Oh my Lord. Come on. I, I mean, it's just, no, they, they change a lot. You know, when they do these remakes or reboots, they change some things up, sometimes major things, sometimes minor things. Um, but again, I think also and they, they danced to, to, they danced to literally my favorite Frank Sinatra song. I was sitting in the theater and they, they danced to, uh, fly me to the moon when he's, when oh, he's, like, oh, they first, oh moon, my God, okay. literally like my favorite Frank Sinatra song. I like the and, summer, summer ones personally. Myself. Is it? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you were a Sinatra fan. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, I love Sinatra. Uh, oh. but I think they probably wanted to show, uh, the actor a little bit more cause he's yeah, a good you know, looking guy, you know? Yeah. So, oh yeah, no, he, yeah, he is. And he's, he's skinny. He's kind of has like the, the Peter Weller, he's tall and skinny and, and yeah. he, he fit in the suit. The suit looked good on him. Like the suit that they, they, they came up with and, and, um, and whatnot. But yeah, like I said, if, if it, you know, wasn't called Robocop, I think it would have been, um, it, it would be better looked at. I think it's frowned upon because it's compared to the original. I mean, listen, that's what you're going to do when you get remakes. And, you know, I, I have arguments all the time with people over the thing, quote unquote remake. It's not a remake. It's a prequel. And I argue with people all the time about stuff like that. Like, like Robocop, that's a, it's a literal right. remake. It and it's remake. just, you know, when you change those aspects, I don't think it works in regard. Like if it was just a movie about a, a, a cyborg, a, a robot, then I, it's, I think it's actually pretty good. You know, but I don't think it's a bad movie overall. And obviously people liked it because it made a shit ton of money. But yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. I, I'm surprised they haven't tried to. I don't I don't think they would try to make any more. I would hope not. Like, just leave it alone. It, well, as you know, it got as we talked about some of the money talks. Other films. Yeah, made money. But the, rev the reviews uh, from media people were mixed as it was from fans. Uh, you know, it, it almost was split down the line 50-50 as I was researching this. I mean, I thought it was a good movie on its own. Like you said, if it wasn't called RoboCop, exactly. it would have been pretty cool. Like it could call it, you know, some exactly. make up some name for like some vigilante guy. Or, and I also know, think if you were- ro Robotic if, man or yeah, bionic something. You, you know, know? If, it, if you, you know, unfortunately studio interference, if they would have been able to kind of go the R route, it, it would have probably benefited them. Because to me, that series is not a PG thirteen series. It's just not. It, you know, it, it's it, it it needs it needs that to to go. And yeah, I mean, listen, there's still violence in the movie. It's not like it's it's you know debunked the violence or anything. But um, yeah, the PG thirteen rating I think hurts that. Like it's like well, Deadpool. Like Deadpool benefits from an R rating. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Nancy yeah. Allen, as we talked about before, who's in the first three. Uh, played Anne Lewis in the original trilogy, did not like the remake. She pointed out to the lack of ideas from major movie studios as the reason for the seemingly end of uh, uh, glut of remakes and stated very matter-of-factly that she didn't think one should ever remake an iconic film, not just RoboCop, but that should be in general. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but she said uh, the, 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 she praised the original script and, and the crew that she worked with, however. Uh, and again, it's just, uh, here's a woman who was married to Brian De Palma, a guy who directed a lot of iconic films, came up with a lot of original concepts of films, but also started repeating himself in the end with, you know, uh, drug dealers and stuff. So again, I, I think sometimes you even start repeating yourself even when you don't want to. But yeah, I didn't think RoboCop needed a remake, but maybe yeah. because they're like, listen, in 87, all the kids love this. Let's make it, but this time PG-13 and we can upgrade CGI and all that stuff. We have the technology. Sure, they yeah. absolutely did, you know, but uh, check this out because I was, I was saying to you, okay, it made money. Now, usually when you make money, a sequel comes uh well it turns out on september 11 2015 uh den of geek reported that sony was working on a sequel in july 2018 it was announced the series would again be rebooted with a film directed by neil blomkamp 
titled RoboCop Returns, which will serve as yeah. a sequel to the original film. So it'll go from the original film into a part yeah, two. Yeah, they're skipping the second. Like skipping, right. Yeah. Skipping, almost like, like kind of Halloween, uh, like what Halloween was doing. Yeah. Uh, and ignore the events of previous sequels and ignore the 2014 reboot. But on August 15, 2019, uh, director Blomkamp announced that he was no longer directing the film and he's focusing on directing a horror movie instead. On November 20th, 2019, Aim Foresight was set to direct. So this might still be in play. There's been no update on whether yeah. this is going to happen or not. Because obviously, as you know, Carol, in 2020, COVID hit. So a lot of things were put on hold. So there might be maybe a RoboCop Returns. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Again, it made yeah, enough money to do that. But yeah, you know, you... no, I, I mean, unfortunately, like that's why I get mad. Like, stop going. To, I mean, I went to see it, so I can't really, I can't, I can't <laughs> you know, throw stones. Carol says, leave it alone. I, yeah, I, I, I look, I personally, uh, even though I'm not a fan of remakes, mm -hmm. I've seen a, a lot of them, I, I, especially the horror ones. I, the only, like I said, the only, the only ones I think I haven't seen are the, the Nightmare on Elm Street one and I didn't see the Child's Play one, but I've seen, and I saw a lot of them in the theater. I saw the Halloween one. I saw the Rob Zombie ones. I didn't see the newer ones. Um, you know, I saw Friday the 13th. I, I, you know, I, and you know, it, it's, I guess it's curiosity killed the cat. You want to see what they do. You want to see if maybe there's a chance you might like it. You know, most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, I, I don't. The only remakes I've ever really liked are pretty much ones from the 80s. You know, The Thing, The Fly, you know, movies that some people don't even realize are remakes. I, I think a lot of times so they're- right, because they're so far removed from, yes, you know, oh, you, know, that, you know, you have to be told it was a remake. You exactly, know? you know. Um, I, there's I, a lot of films like that. There's, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I recently I found out, I, I haven't actually seen it, but I, I didn't realize that The Departed is actually a remake. I didn't realize that The Departed was a remake. Isn't that something? Yeah. yeah. A, <laughs> amazing. Like, what's not a remake, right? You know, and point? I think also nowadays, there's so many remakes that people are just like, stop, like, stop, you know, and, and, and to just keep going back, like, there's no reason to remake, I said this, you know, previously, there's no reason to remake really successful movies. No. What are you going to 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 make better like really what are you going to make better about robocop there's nothing that you can do to make it better what are you going to make better about nightmare on elm street like, like you're just going to be ripped to shreds you know ghostbusters really like why like what's you're just going to be ripped to shreds like i don't even understand doing it it's like to me it's such a waste of time and money and and whatnot but some of them are you know make money and 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 that's why they keep doing it unfortunately hopefully they stop doing it please stop doing it please so yeah so that wraps up the film uh version now, i know people had asked us when they knew we were doing this asked us just to just at least mention uh some of the offshoots that happened from the robocop franchise which are the tv show the cartoon and the video game uh now the television show robocop uh had 12 episodes which were first released in october 1988 now I, I was nineteen or twentieth time. I just I remember it being. I don't remember ever watching it. Did you do you do you own any I don't of the remember. TV no, shows? No, I actually or? don't. I would have to. I would have to try to find those. Yeah, it was a, it was yeah. in syndic a syndication. I I remember perhaps a trailer or a commercial, but I just don't remember ever watching it. And again, I I enjoyed the movie in eighty seven, eighty. I wasn't such a fan though. Like where I'm like hooked, and I got to see everything yeah. that came out. And and stuff. Now, what about the RoboCop video games over the years, calendar? Oh, you're, you're a gamer. I have you have. Uh, uh, yeah, was, would that be the, the, the <laughs> what are some of the ones that uh, have come up? When was the one that you have? When did you get that? When did, when did that? When was that? Um, I have the Nintendo one. Um, oh, man. What was that released in 88? Was it 88? Wow. And that was for Nintendo? Yeah. Was it? And, and I, I might be wrong on You have an, you have an old Nintendo it. system, Yes, right? I do. Yeah. Wow. 
I do. I don't have the Nightmare on Elm Street one, which I've been trying to find, which is very expensive. Um, oh, for real? Oh. Yeah, very expensive. Um, it's like 200 bucks. I was like, damn, seriously? Um, but I didn't play the RoboCop game much because I'm not like, I'm not good at certain games like that. Like I don't have the patience and I'm not like a shooty shooty kind of person. Right. Like I don't like those games where like, I'd rather watch somebody play those games than actually play them myself. Cause I get too nervous and I start to freak out. Like I freak mm -hmm. out playing Mike Tyson's punch out. Like I get very nervous, but, um, I, yeah, I still have it. Um, but I think that's the only one because I never really I would I never got into too many other gaming systems like the newer ones. So if there were newer Robocop games, I wouldn't right. even really know what they are. But oh, I have really? the Nintendo okay. one. Yeah. Are uh, there other ones? I don't even know. I don't even like I said, yeah. people are asking about that. You know, I, I stopped like the Genesis. Genesis was the oh, last did you system. Stop the yeah. Genesis? I stopped the now, Genesis. Now what about did you collect any of the uh, Robocop comic books? I don't think I have any of them. Mm-hmm uh i have the cards but not the comic books i recently was going to start looking into maybe getting them but comic books i'm not a big comic book person i yeah, you never yeah you're a, you're a collector but you're not a big comic no book not a, yeah not i'm like i don't have the batman never mind. Ones. my brothers uh, my two brothers yeah i don't big. have the batman ones i don't have like i'm not a big comic because i know like if i did i'd be i'd be crazy and i'd have everything and i i don't have that kind of money anyway marvel comics released the figures yeah robo marvel comics released uh robocop series in 1992 23 issues plus adaptations of the first yeah, two okay. films uh, do you have any books based on RoboCop though? Any any kind of uh, merchandise as far as RoboCop? I'm sure you have the shirts or t-shirts. Oh God, I have I probably have like over a hundred shirts. I've got the oh, wow. I've got a oh yeah, I have a lot of them. Um, I've got a bunch of the figures. I've got the big fig. I've got the twelve inch figures. I've got a couple of those. I've got um oh my God, I have so much stuff. I have like wow, I have um artwork with like the quotes that are alive. You're coming with me um i have a i have one of i think there's only 35 prints of his his head it's his I mean, with the helmet and in the helmet reflection is ed 209 it's mm. such a beautiful piece i love it it's one of my favorite robocop pieces and i i think there's only 35 in the world oh wow, and i have okay. one of yeah i have one nice of them. did you know yeah. that there was uh in 2011 they were trying to get uh Detroit to do a RoboCop statue. The, way, the uh, statue the way, is done. The way Philly has the Rocky statue. Yes, the statue is done. But it's not. It, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, standing at the moment. In the, no, uh, it's not. And I don't. I forgot why. But Detroit, they don't want to put it there anymore. So it's sort of like hanging in storage. I think last year or earlier this year, I, I asked somebody to, you know, if, if anybody sees me stealing it, to just keep quiet. <laughs> it's huge, though. It's like a huge thing. I would have trouble stealing it. It's, it's gigantic. It's like beyond life size. Well, I think they raised like fifty thousand dollars to get it done. Yeah. So. Yeah. There was a there was an online campaign years back. Yeah, it was to, uh, um, 2011. Well, I guess Detroit sees it as, listen, it wasn't a flattering depiction of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it really isn't. It's not. I mean, even in the remake, the remake it makes look, Detroit look terrible, too. Like it really, and, and the fun part, the funny part is, is in the original RoboCop, if you're paying attention to the background, you can see all the Texas stuff, Texas industries That's in the right. background when they're, they're uh, you know, fighting on the highway and stuff like that. It's like you can see all the Texas stuff in the background. <laughs> but yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make Detroit look nice hey but neither, neither did eminem and not in nine mile so you know there you go eight mile eight, eight mile. mile and nine mile eight mile <laughs> nine mile yeah, yeah, a mile. well detroit's always had a, a, a tough <laughs> reputation yeah poor detroit. Like yeah detroit. Poor detroit the motor city the motor like city the tigers hey i love i love bob seeger i'm a big yeah. bob seeger fan oh, nice. uh so yeah i mean who else from detroit ted nugent kid rock i was, was from oh, detroit God. um 
yeah, no, Bob Seger, of course, is a big Detroit legend. Uh, always, always want to see him. I always want to see Bob nice. Seger. Maybe I will. My bucket list. There you go. Um, and My just, bucket list is to just sit across from Peter Weller and just stare at him. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Have him talk to me about roller coaster. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. um, <laughs> or just, he, he speaks Italian. He could just talk to me in Italian. I'll just sit there. I don't care. Does he really? Yeah, no, he's fluent. And he's an Italian resident. He's, he's uh, half and half. Um, because we started with uh, summer of 87 and we thought it kind of played into the theme of the original RoboCop and what was going on in the country at the time. Talked about some of the other films that were released during that time in 1987, July, August. But let's talk about a little bit about the uh, the summer hits, the music, the soundtrack of summer of 1987. Again, you were a young kid. Yeah. I was in my late teens. Uh, but it was uh, it was kind of a, it was a really good time for, for film and, and, and uh, movies and entertainment. Uh, you know, again, we named a lot of films that came out that were great that year that came out. Uh, but now we, if we look at the uh, and you have the list two calendars, we, we break down the list a little bit here. We'll just take a glance over it, name some of the songs. And I told you about, uh, you know, before we went to air about a, an infamous trip. Uh, in the in the in the legend of my family, that, that me, my brother Mike. If I shout out to my brother Mike, he's probably listening to this. He listens to all of our, our stuff. Uh, he'll remember. We took uh, a ride to Florida from New York with our grandfather and our grandmother. Drove to Florida. Grandfather did all the driving the whole way there. And uh, there were certain songs that were played constantly on the radio that were just embedded into my head. Uh, and some of those songs I was telling you were uh, "Hearts Alone." You remember that song? Yeah. Uh, Atlantic Stars Always, which was probably played at every wedding and every romantic interlude <laughs> that went on. Uh, you know, that, that was besides Sade, Atlantic Star was doing a lot yeah, of the, oh the, the loving yeah. soundtrack music. Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh, oh my God, Jesus Get Christ. Rick uh, no. Yeah, oh, a big, huge hit that year. Oh, uh, Mad God, I Mad love her. Madonna's Who's That Girl? I hate that song. You hate that song? <laughs> I New, do, I don't New, like that song. Uh, the band New Order's True Faith, that was played a lot. Uh, oh, I love New Order. New Order, good good stuff. The Pet Shop Boys, It's a Sin. Woohoo! I uh, remember them. Mm -hmm. I know you know the band. Mm -hmm. Now, this song I could not stand. The Fat Boys and the Beach Boys teamed up for Wipeout. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That was brutal. That was so brutal. Kenny G's Songbird, I told you, which I yes. hear in my nightmares. Um, I think a lot of people hear Kenny G in their nightmares. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was I was into hair metal, if you want to call it, or commercial rock back then in 87. Uh, just starting to get into it. I got into it at a later age. So I was in my Guido years, as you know, Carolyn, in my, my earlier teen years. Uh, so Def Leppard had Hysteria out. Uh, An Animal was played on the radio a lot at that time. Great song. Uh, but then you had like, 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 oh my, here's another one. My God. Linda Ronstadt and James Ingram, somewhere out there. My God. Wow. <laughs> what was it? Wasn't it some cartoon or some, uh, God, what was somewhere out there was the theme for some cartoonish, some Five the Mouse or something like that. I can't remember the name of the, what the hell the movie was, but it was some, some uh, animated movie. It was from I'm the not soundtrack. Yeah, James Ingram was known for stuff like that. James Ingram passed away not too long ago. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, James Ingram no. passed away not too long ago. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. No. Um, no, I'm sad. I believe so. Oh. Yeah. Banana Rama. I heard a rumor. Another oh, annoying song. Yeah, oh, I my can't. God. I wasn't a big Banana Rama fan. Uh, yeah, so the <laughs> movies were good, but if I break down the songs, I'm not too thrilled with the songs. Uh, Prince, who I do like. Are you a Prince fan? I seen him live. Oh, oh, you did. Okay, uh, he did. had uh, "You Got the Look" was his big Love song Prince. of the summer. "You Got the Look," which I was not a fan of that song. I yeah, did that wasn't uh, one of my favorite Prince songs. No, not at all. Uh, where did you see Prince, and what year was it? I in, saw uh, Prince in I think it was 
like February or March of 2011. Really? Uh, at Madison Square Garden. Yes. Oh, wow. um, okay, nice. And it was amazing. I it was just I, the only thing I didn't like. I have video from it too because I, I I did video oh, some of it. Oh, very nice. Um, I, the only thing I didn't like was that like he would he would break into when doves cry. Like he would do the dun 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 dun. Yeah. And the play and Madison Garden would lose its mind, and but he never actually played it. Which I was like, ah, oh, I, I don't know why he just never he just never played when doves cry. He did, you know, he did almost all his other songs except that one. But he would he would just play that one part, and everybody would cheer and go crazy, and then he would go into like a, another song. It's like, God damn it! <laughs> he was so. I mean, it was so good. It was a good show. It was really good. Yeah, I was at really- here. You go. I was at the show where he threw Kim Kardashian off the stage. That's the show I was at. I was actually in the section next to them. Oh, you were there for that show? Yes, because okay. wow, Ice-T that- and Coco were right like next to us. Like wow. not like within arms, like they were in the next section from where we were. And uh, yeah, he brought her up on stage and she like froze. And like he, he like, I guess he was trying to get her to dance or something. I don't know what he was trying to get her to do. Wow. And um, it was big in the news. He threw off the stage. I saw it. I saw the clip. Yes. I saw, yeah, I, I that's saw the show I was at. That's pretty epic. That's, no, that's I awesome. I, ne- I yeah. never got I never got to see him, but I was a yeah. fan. Obviously, uh, when I was in high school, Purple Rain came out, which was just a monster. Yeah. Hit. I oh, that was, that was big, so beautiful. Big, life. big date movie and stuff. And of course, I loved uh, what was so what was her name? Uh, not Vanity. The other one, Apollonia. Apollonia. She was hot. Apollonia Catero, yeah. I think her name was. Yeah. yeah, she was. Prince always had great looking girlfriends. Yeah. Um, but also um, and getting back to kind of a Prince clone at the time, uh, Terrence Trent Darby had a big hit. Uh, yes. Wishing Well. That was the number one song the week I was born that year. Great song. Wishing Well and Sign Your in Name. 1987. Song, yeah. yeah. That was the that was the wishing well. It was, it was, the it was a, big, a big hit in the summertime. I remember going to a bunch of block parties and we were playing Town Strength Top. Yeah, very good. I thought he would have had a bigger career. He I really always did. thought he would have too. He was he a co- combination of Michael Jackson, uh, Prince. It was kind of a combination of a little James Brownish. Like he could dance, he could sing. Uh, he had a good look. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just it didn't happen for him. It just I didn't know. happen. He so again, uh, someone it did happen for, but unfortunately met her demise way too young. One of the greatest singers of all time, Whitney Houston. Mm. Didn't we almost have it all? I very, love that song. I, again, a lot of a lot of romanticism songs yeah. in the summer of uh, I know, right? But the summer you would think they would be like dance hits. No, uh, it's all like romantic. <laughs> uh, who else was there? I didn't know Aha had a hit with the Living Daylights that year. I wasn't even familiar that Aha had a something past take on me from yeah, New I think everybody before. Just mistake on me. <laughs> uh, U2 was really blown up at the time with the where the streets have no name. Yeah. Uh, that was so U2. The, the, the you know, Joshua big, Tree, right? That was a good. Yeah, idea. yeah, big, big, big film, big movie. Uh, Michael Jackson uh, had "I Just Can't Stop Loving You." Remember that song? Um, Spagna had "Call Me." Uh, trying to see who else. Uh, La Bamba, right? La Bamba came out. Los Lobos, La Bamba was big. I remember La Bamba. My father liked that song because my father liked Richie Valens. Yeah. Because my father grew up Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, the big bopper, you know, all those people who passed away in that plane crash. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, it was a lot of pop songs. There's a song on here that I'm sorry, I don't Bruce Willis under the boardwalk. I don't remember that one. I don't remember that either. Is that Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis? Yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah, he sang? Oh, yeah. Lord. Uh, Did he? Yeah. Beastie Boys had She's On It. Uh, that was a that was Beastie Boys had a, a plethora of uh, singles released uh, in 86, 87. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that song either. Luther Vandross. Yeah. I remember this one. I really didn't mean it. Luther Vandross was pretty yeah. big then. Again, a lot of R&B, a lot of pop. 
Um, well, again, uh, yeah, that was the A's. Well, well of course. And, and again, but, right, and hair metal. But even though Def Leppard was the only one really charting uh, in the top 10 at that particular time uh, with Hysteria, it was, a, it was a smash hit record. Uh, and Pyromania a few years before was a big hit too. So, but Def Leppard was a very big band back then. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as you look at some of these stuff, I know you like some of these bands. I know you've liked the Pet Shop Boys, right? And New Order yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, the Fat Boys, <laughs> the Fat Boys and Beach Boys. I, by the way, I hate the Beach Boys. I always have. Yeah. I've never liked the Beach. Oh God, <laughs> uh, I couldn't. I, first of all, I couldn't. A New York kid, like a New Yorker, relate to the Beach Boys. Like everything, surf city, yeah, surfing so USA, beach, beach, you know. Well, they're the Beach Boys. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I just think about walking on concrete. I, I, I accosted a minor behind the boardwalk. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> horrible songs. Oh my god! Did you ever see when Family Guy uh, did the re when the Family Guy did the jukebox that played, and now the song's all perverse in the yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep with all the kids tonight. <laughs> oh my god! We shouldn't be laughing. At that. No, we should. No, it's funny. <laughs> hey, Family Guy. It's good enough for Family Guy. It's good. Oh enough. yeah, they 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 do a lot of mess. Oh my god, that's too fucking funny. But uh, yeah, I saw that when they. Uh, I would I would rather have the eighty seven movies than the eighty seven music though. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As you break down the soundtrack, the summer songs of but but again, I remember Heart and I. But I wound up seeing you know you saw uh, Prince. I saw Heart with Cheap Trick in 1990 nice. uh yeah great heart was the headline and cheap trick was the opening act and uh, they were past that prime at that point but that was at nassau coliseum and you know what the big scuttlebutt at that concert in november 1990 was with everybody there you want to know what everybody talked about i hope i don't get drafted into the persian gulf war oh my God. everyone between 18 and 30 in that crowd because george bush yeah. senior had gone on gone on tv and said we're going to do whatever it takes to win this war if we have to recruit people were going to do so and people took that as the draft was coming back you're yeah. too young to remember that but that's what went on we couldn't even enjoy the concert that night everybody was there planning to move to canada it was it just shows you the young generation we were not like our fathers not at no. all everyone was like dude seriously dude i can't go into the army and i'm like i don't think it's gonna happen and my father who was an army guy said there's not gonna be a draft yeah. i remember him telling me my friend morgan my friend frankie because again we're in 18 19 20 it's not going to be a draft. And my father goes, and God help this country if there is a draft. Oh, this so, so, and, and, and God help it today if there was a draft. Yeah. You think our attitude was, you know, fucking just, we wanted to have a good time back then and not contribute. Uh, look at today. I think anybody would, there'd be lawsuits to even go into, to even take a, a test in the military. Yeah, I don't think but, that would uh, yeah, but, these days. But back then, that's what's funny. When I went to see Hard, I remember just everybody, because we got really good seats and everyone's talking about it. See the president tonight? I'm like, he said, we'll do whatever it has to take, but I don't think there's going to be a draft. And of course, as you know, even back then, Carolyn, Americans took everything way too seriously and we spread our own narrative, even though it was never said. So things yeah. haven't changed that much uh, in the modern day. But uh, yeah, as I look over this list, uh, you're right. The movies were a lot better than the soundtrack. And uh, you didn't miss out on much, Galen, to be honest with you. Nah. You, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't nah. miss, you didn't miss out on much. But you told I'm me earlier, I was kind of surprised. You said, now you weren't, as a young girl, you weren't a Madonna fan? Um, I did like Madonna. I just don't, I hate that song. I'm not, a, I don't like Who's That Girl. Really? But I, I did, I did like Madonna. But yeah, but I still like, I mean, I still liked, I was, you know, Peter Gabriel and, and I, I liked, you know, the Beatles and then I liked my rock music. I like Metallica and I, I always kind of had that. So Pantera, stuff like that. Well, a little bit later. Did you like uh, Michael Jackson? I did like Michael Jackson. I did. Okay. I did like pop. I mean, I, I like everything. I mean, nowadays I, it's the same. Like I really haven't changed much. 
um I, I mean like i i wouldn't have like paid to go see madonna like i wasn't a fan like that but i i do like her song i most of her songs i like okay. um yeah i liked michael jackson i liked you know poppy music and and you know aha and and those kind of i liked some like you know depeche mode and and stuff like that but yeah i was i still i i, I enjoyed definitely more of a rock or a classic rock you know my dad was more into the classic hippie stuff so uh what'd you follow like Stills and nash and stuff like that no actually my father you know my father he wasn't into that like i mean my father's just diehard beatles diehard beatles oh my god the beatles everything but fleetwood mac um who the hell else did he like i can't even remember um, oh probably uh oh is he like doobie brothers stuff like that yeah the doobie yeah. brothers oh, like he wasn't dad, even like a big too. zeppelin fan or a floyd fan because i remember listening to him when i got older and he was like really you like that and i was like yeah like he didn't he like probably Sinatra. like oh, probably he probably liked the eagles he did like the eagles yeah. ah there you go so that concludes this edition of the special robocop slash summer songs of 87 uh, you know, the disappointing summer songs of 87 edition <laughs> of uh, Castle of Chickies podcast adventures. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good movies, bad songs. Well, a couple of good songs. And we'll close out the show with uh, with a, a, a favorite of ours. And uh, I know some other people are probably going to be loving it, too. They won't admit it, though, Carol. They won't admit that they love it. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, getting into uh, what's coming up on future episodes here for uh, Castle and Chickie. Uh, next week, we're going to do something that me and you are very excited about. We're excited every week. Can you stand the excitement every we week, are. Aaron? I like this. this is you like fun. the excitement? Uh, we're doing. I don't uh, get to talk about Robocop often. This is that's true. That's I true. Do. And next week, you get to talk about another vice Woo! of yours. Uh, the Naked Gun Police uh, Squad series. And uh, one of our favorites, uh, the great Leslie Nielsen. Yes. That's next week, followed by, and we just decided this today, we are going to do... Up, upcoming a john carpenter edition but for the birthday episode for yours truly i figure it's apropos that's a good word right not not as good as angst right carolyn but it's a good word <laughs> I apropos, like you like antsy I, i'm antsy um uh old school wrestling edition uh with me and chicky because chicky's uh an aficionado in the old school wrestling that's department right. so am that's i right. i kind of kind of made a living and career out of it in my other my other job uh, we're going to get into old school. When we talk about old school, we're talking about the golden age of wrestling, the Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man years, the attitude. Uh, Bobby you know, Heenan. Right. Bobby uh, Heenan. Bobby Heenan would be more from the, 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 right, the golden age. Uh, attitude era, Austin, DX, the rise of people like The Rock and Triple H and all that stuff. And maybe a little bit of uh, uh, the beginning of the 2000s, the millennium, the, the Chris Jericho's, the John Cena's, the Batista's. Because uh, you officially stopped watching wrestling. What year was that, Carolyn? Like, like around 2012, I fell off. 2012. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, so again, uh, ruthless aggression. I know who Brock Lesnar is. Yeah, of course. You know. <laughs> um, so we're getting, but we're gonna. It's supposed to be about old school, golden age, attitude era, a little yeah, ruthless, ruthless the good days. Era, the good, the good old days of wrestling. The good old days. So that'll be the uh, Kevin Castle birthday extravaganza, as we call it. Uh, and upcoming shows, we talked about. We're gonna, we're gonna be doing an episode on grunge music. Uh, a lot of people have uh, wrote me about that and asked me about, you know, what about the grunge era? You guys were around. Carolyn, what, 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 you know, lived through it. I was a young man myself still back then. Uh, and there's a lot. Again, it, it was ran for a couple of years. So it definitely has a place in musical history. So I think that'll be a good discussion. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of different musical uh, episodes and additions, doing some career retrospectives on some artists that we're fond of. Maybe even a Prince one one day. Who knows? Like, write in. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know what you want to hear, right, Carolyn? Let us know what you guys Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can too. send me a message. Send me an ad on Twitter, on Instagram. 
Um, I've got an email, a couple of emails from some fans the last week. You could send it to baseballchicky31 at gmail.com. So it's, I'm excessive. Send them to you. You know, send them to either. It doesn't matter. You don't have to send them to just me. Send them to send Kevin them, too. Send them out. Put a message in a bottle and just throw it down a river. We might get it. You never know. You never hey, know what happens. Tie it to a pigeon's leg and let him fly and say, Castle Chicky, go. Uh, see what, see what yeah, happens. Uh, but no, well, let's plug our, we uh, listen so- to our fans. Right. Let's plug our social media. You of course have a very active Instagram and Twitter. And just in case some new people, if you don't are know, let them know at baseball chicky with an IE <laughs> just <Right>. in case, <laughs> but yeah, baseball chicky on Twitter, baseball chicky on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, I have a website too, baseballchicky.com. And you can email me at yeah, basically 31 at gmail.com. Yeah, that's that's I'm everywhere almost. There you go. Well, you can reach me on Twitter. That's Kev K E V Z as in Zorro Castle, Kev Z Castle on Twitter. And if you want to contact me by email, it's Castle Lifer One, the number one at AOL.com. Um, and also very important, we are gonna start officially so everyone is clear the Patreon uh page and uh shows for VIPs will begin on June 1st. Like I said, it will not affect the mainstream show. These shows in the mainstream, obviously on the Rational Rage Network are all free, but we'll be starting a Patreon page, which a lot of almost 99% of podcasts do today. Uh, And we'll launch that on June 1st. We'll have uh, more information on next week's show. In the meantime, if you want to donate to the show, if you want to donate whatever, a dime or a dollar, whatever you want to do, feel free to send it to us and you can PayPal the first lady herself, right? Uh, baseball chicky, right? Yes. The PayPal is baseball chicky. You can PayPal uh, Carolyn direct, and she will send you a lovely message in return, thanking you for your contributions. <laughs> hey, to listen, the, to every the show. bit makes us better. No, no, absolutely. So yeah. you can donate to the show. We can use all donations and appreciate all donations. And I'll tell you what, I talked to Carolyn about this too. Anybody who donates uh, to the show will get a shout out on the show uh, the following week. When you donate, we'll uh, give you a shout out just to. Tell you how much we appreciate Kevin that. will say it all sexy, Mike. I'll say it sexy and <laughs> Carolyn will write you a Carolyn will write you a lovely note and then I'll say it in a verbal the sexual tone. Watch well, you'll be all men now. Thank you very yeah, much. All the men will be like, God damn it. No, not I'll, I'll, there's I'll anything wrong out. with that, but you know uh, yeah, listen, yeah. Say hey, whatever floats your boat, baby. Woo, all the yeah, but the we'll love. give right, we'll give him a nice shout out on the show yeah, if you absolutely. do uh contribute. So once again, the PayPal direct is baseball. You want to hear me say your name in a hey, that's right. Brooklyn accent. There you go, exactly. So <laughs> so you get some you get some real bang for your buck no pun intended uh, so hey, i'm not going that far i didn't say i know you said you'll do anything for the I'm show but I'm, the show. I don't know about I'm, that I'm looking out i'm looking out for you I gotta um also let's uh thanks the rational rage network that's and of course pain. that's right subscribe to the rational rage network uh sign up and subscribe today uh that is the network carrying our show exclusively right now we're having a good time with those guys jimmy our producer yeah, behind the, the scenes that's right first the first lady, lady of the rational rage network Thank, thanks again to jim who's uh, producing us tonight and produces us every week uh and we love australia we, yes we love australia <laughs> despite what kevin said and earlier no I, crocodile <laughs> and it's just a ridiculous movie but uh shout out, shout out to uh to uh d uh who does our graphics for the show thank you very much once again shout out to spiro the owner of the network and again mm-hmm. please subscribe to the rational rage network help us build up those numbers and of course you can hear us on all the different outlets you're hearing us now but you can hear us on all podcast outlets and platforms uh and also give a special shout out to drew yari uh a good friend of the show is going to be helping us with the patreon show and our discord page uh, also to Corey. and uh i want to shout out uh my cousin steve 
who has a, a business. My cousin is like uh, another brother to me. Uh, I've told you about him, uh, Carol, and Steve's been uh, a real uh, bright spot in uh, yours truly's life. He's like another brother to me. We've been very close uh, over the years. And he's got a new business now, and it's called Star Bar uh, New York, Star Bar NY. It's a mobile bar rental and bartending service company. It's operating on and around the Long Island area. And they convert uh, vintage Airstream trailers into stylish and elegant bars on wheels. They bring the party to you, Carolyn. Ooh, they bring the party to you. Bring it yeah, here. They, they, they could set I hate up, leaving my house. Oh, they set up. It's a, it's a great, it's a great, great business. Uh, I think it's going to do very, very well. Started out, I believe, in Florida, and now it's branched out over to here in New York. It's exclusively on Long Island now, but uh, let's see if they're going to branch out into the boroughs. If it, it's doing very well so far, now with things opening up again, yeah. people having parties again, uh, you know, um, so they uh, check them out. They have a website, www.starbarnewyork.com. So check it out. Uh, it might be in the area. It might be able to go to the area. You can do some business with them. Uh, go and see what they're all about. It's really cool. It's basically a mobile bar and, and a party bus, almost like on wheels, Cal. It's really cool. Mm. And uh, I'll, I'll let you check it out later and let me know what you think. But, yeah, it's going really well. So hit them up. See if you can do some business. And uh, with that said, uh, anything to uh, close out the show tonight? Any uh Words of wisdom from the first lady of the oh, network. Oh, Lord, don't say that. I, love, I was just going to say I love RoboCop. <laughs> she loves RoboCop. I don't know, I what that's gonna, I don't know how that's going to enhance anybody's it's life. Not, but It doesn't enhance at all. Uh, but uh, with, no, with, with no getting, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you've enjoyed all the shows. I mean, that's our goal is to just put some smiles on faces and take you away from uh, the tragedies of life. <laughs> even, though, even though we started out with COVID. But again, we're looking well, at we, it. We do talk about things that are Oh, we um, have to talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we talk about back. Try in not the to day. be too much of a downer. Right, right. We talk about back in the day and here in the now, uh, which is kind of the narrative for our show, which is you know true. Uh, yeah, we started out with a little bit of COVID talk, but also more glass half full than half empty because again, we're getting to the other side of this and things are opening up. So, uh, you know, movies will be open, so people can go and enjoy movies because we will. Everybody out there, stay safe. That's yeah, yeah, but we, but, but we will, I think at least this summer uh, will be more enjoyable for people with their families and barbecues and, mm -hmm. and doing what they got to do, but having some fun and, and getting to go back to the movies. And yes, we will talk about some modern movies coming out again. It's not going to be just all throwbacks. We will talk about some modern films yeah. that are coming out. And, and we're we'll, podcast adventures. We cover everything. Yeah, it's an adventure. We cover everything. We, 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 we just you know, we like go, the older stuff. <laughs> right. We, we go back to the future, but we, we, we realize that we have to live here in the now because when we disconnect from the show we go back to our depressing yeah, life so I will. <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself no. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding um but anyway thank you again for joining us tonight yes on, thank uh, you the castle and chicky podcast adventure as we close out this adventure again we thank week. you buddy for tuning in and uh join us next week once again for the naked gun police squad breakdown we're going to talk about all the films talk a little bit bit about leslie nielsen and some other stuff we'll touch upon some you know modern stuff that's going on in the news and everything and uh who knows some surprises maybe right never know what we're going to do here on the adventure never know but we'll see you next week and until then everybody have a good one peace
You're listening to the Rational Rage Network.